which people in my spaces know you should see it on your phone. And you just hit accept. Or in the bottom left of your phone, there is a microphone. If you push that, it will give you, it should bring you right up, but it may give me the opportunity to bring you up, in which case I will do. Obviously, this is Dr. Gorka's space tonight. I got both my books out, by the way. I have uh, Sebastian Gorka, The War for America's Soul, and Sebastian Gorka, Why We Fight, and they're both autographed by Dr. Gorka. That's that's great, and I have a different one. I have there he uh, is. Defeating, defeating Jihad. Greetings. Oh. Uh, with- hey, d- hey, Doc, how are you tonight? Good, 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 good. Just- good, great to see you. Doc, before we do one thing up, there's Julia. Let me go ahead and bring her up real quick to invite to co-host. So let me just see one thing real quick, Doc, because um, I have your books that you were so gracious to send to us and, 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 and sign for my mother. And I'm just going to see one thing really quick, and we're going to get into it. All right, so Doc, uh, you never had a chance to meet her, but she just wanted to say thank you for the book. So just give me one second. Go ahead, Mom. Go ahead, Mom. Go ahead. I was so happy to hear that I would be hearing from you tonight, and I'd like to thank you. Well, well, that's a very, very pleasant surprise. Thank you for coming on. You think you're surprised? I was in bed. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so thrilled. I was a fan, and then my son brought me the book uh, from the, the mail. He said, look what came in the mail, or however it came and I was so excited. I carried it around for two weeks. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to send you some other ones. Of my <laughs> you, you could send me anything you want, and I'll be glad to receive it. All right. We'll make Thanks, that Doc. happen. She's a big fan. All right, Mom. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Gorka. You're very welcome. All right. Doc, she absolutely loves you. Um, she's was, great. So she's sweet. absolutely great. And she's had a tough year. And... Uh, I spoke to you last year. Uh, it was around her birthday time, and you were you were just so nice enough to send us your books, and you signed one for her. And uh, about two months after that, uh, which people in my spaces know, she fell and broke her hip, and she lost her leg. And um, so it's been a tough year. So, um, oh my God! Hey, listen, uh, DM me again with a mailing address. Okay, thanks, thanks. She absolutely, yeah. When I when I told her tonight, she because she always asked because we have podcasts, we have spaces, and you know, she said, "When are you starting tonight?" And I said, nine o'clock." And she said, "That's so late." And I said, "Listen, it's not up to me, you know. It's <laughs> Doctor Gorka, and he's got you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on." And she goes, "Who?" And I said, "Doctor Gorka," and she goes, "No way, I have to speak to him." So, yeah, she absolutely. <laughs> She absolutely loves you. So thanks, Doc. I, I appreciate that. And um, yeah, so uh, it, it takes a little bit for the room to fill up. But, you know, we are we are obviously um, absolutely honored uh, to have Dr. Gorka in here tonight. It's going to be um, just a forewarning, guys. It's going to be a Q&A, you know, so 
I may have some questions or Julia or Mark will or uh, Baby Yoda, Election Wizard, feel free to come back up um, or or come up at any time. Um, And I know that it's August 16th, so I'm hoping you're getting good news soon. So great to see you tonight. Um, But, you know, we're going to keep the speaker room um, box up here a little more controlled than we usually do. Uh, just because as soon as I put up that Dr. Gorka was coming, bots started to respond and um, I was having difficulty keeping up with the bots, to be quite honest. And I was in a space a couple nights ago, I think it was, and there were just, you know, there were trolls in the room. I mean, Dr. Gorka is widely known. He's got over a million followers. He worked for Trump. He was in the White House. So we're not here for trolls tonight, guys. So um, if you have legitimate questions you'll get legitimate answers i'm sure if you're going to be a if you're going to be a dick you're going to get tossed out of the room that's that's just how it is so um we're not here to take shots at anyone you know we're here dr gorka you know has a full-time show and uh you know that we're glad to have him here so um with that being said, uh, Michael Dean, I'm going to try to bring you up because you're definitely part of the team of where we are. Election Wizard, I'll send you an invite. But um, all right, so that's that's really all the talking I'm going to do. Julia, Mark, any any openings before we go to Dr. Gorka and uh, start start a little Q and A? We got a lot of stuff going on tonight, right, guys? We got uh, we have you know President Trump yep. uh, on. We got primaries. primaries. We got President Trump on a lot of stuff. We got Liz, Liz Cheney, Cheney, which, 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 um, which I think, uh, <laughs> one, d- yeah, polls just closed at nine o'clock uh, Eastern Perfect. time in Perfect. Wyoming. So, so, hopefully, it'll be good news exactly. at least in a few hours. So, uh, yeah, so we got we got that. We got Mar-a-Lago, uh, the illegal raid. You know, we have we have Biden. We have inflation. We have national security, which I know that Dr. Bork is an expert on. So. Um, all right, Julia, I'll, I'll kick it over to you for some politics real quick, and then I'll, and then I'll bounce over to Mark, and then uh, we'll see if Dr. Gorka has a, any opening statements before we start taking some hands. So, Julia, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Doc. I, I have, one, I yeah, have one opening. I have one, I have one opening request. There must be somebody on this call who is a tech wizard, and I am fed up with the new software on Instagram. I get notifications the whole freaking time and I go on my iPhone. It's not the iPhone settings. If anybody out there knows how to shut down those stupid little boxes at the top, just DM me on Twitter, please. I'm going insane. <laughs> okay. So if anyone knows how to do that, I actually don't have Instagram, but if anyone knows how to do that, um, you know, I guess. So doc, when you go into the settings and you go to notifications and you scroll down to Instagram and you turn those off. That that doesn't work. It's okay, off. that doesn't yeah, work. It's off. Okay. Yeah, no, it's off. It's in, it's inside Instagram. It's some stupid new thing on Instagram, and you can't scroll because these bloody notifications, you know, reacting to my posts right. just keep popping up. But that's that's just okay. A so request. I'm sure we have someone in here that uh, knows about that. So all right. So um, awesome. So uh, Julia, uh, what's the update on uh, some politics tonight? And then we'll bounce over to Mark. I know. I know Mark has uh, one of the Dr. Gorka books I don't have, I think. Uh, and then uh, we'll and then we'll go to Dr. Gorka for some of his his thoughts for tonight. Uh, Trump or um, Liz Cheney, whatever he wants to talk about. But let's let's go ahead and get this show on the road. So, Julia, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I wanted to definitely talk about the Trump raid first and foremost, Um 
not too, too much coming out on that. I know that Tucker Carlson had some comments. I believe that was on Monday. He had his first comments on it um, since the raid happened. He said, there's nothing to see here. That's the line. Um, he also said he um, that uh, basically that he does think that Trump is going to get indicted. This seems to be what everybody now believes. Obviously, they're going to do that is what um, Tucker said. Who knows? Maybe they'll provide surveillance video from Mar-a-Lago. Apparently, they've already subpoenaed that. The White House continues to insist that Biden was unaware of the search beforehand and that no evidence has been presented to suggest that he had prior knowledge of the search. And of course, they continue to, you know, the FBI and the DOJ continue to say that this has incident has allegedly led to an increase in threats to federal law enforcement. So I was wondering if we could jump to, to Dr. Gorka and get his thoughts, at least initially, on whether or not he thinks Trump is going to be indicted and just, you know, what he thinks about this entire incident, incident in general. Uh, I stated on, on my daily radio show, uh, even before the Mar-a-Lago raid, that they, they will forward the January 6th show trial, will forward criminal indictments to the DOJ. And uh, the people who are really running the DOJ, because uh, Merrick Garland is, is, is a nobody, he's a, he's a meat puppet, just watch the way he testifies uh, in the Senate, the, the real people who are running the, the outfit, like Lisa Monaco, will try to get President Trump prosecuted in a uh, in a D.C. court. That that was only reinforced by the illegal raid on Mar-a-Lago, which I am calling state-sanctioned burglary. Let's be very clear about what happened at Mar-a-Lago. Number one, never in the history of the United States uh, or since the Presidential Records Act was brought after the Nixon resignation has the private residence of a president ever been raided by federal officers carrying guns. And number two, as, as some people on this call probably know, when you leave government service, your clearance expires within five years. Unless you are a contractor, unless you are brought back into a government work, your 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 clearance expires. Except for cabinet members and directors of agencies like the CIA and the president. The president of the United States, until he is buried, uh, bears the highest clearance in the nation, including nuclear Q clearances. Jimmy Carter still has those clearances. George W. Bush, uh, Billy Bob still has those clearances. So the idea that the president isn't allowed or to maintain classified documents is a lie. In the uh, the Supreme Court, uh, let me just pull this up because I don't want to misquote any of this. There was a case um, brought to the Supreme Court uh, about t- 20 years ago. Uh, it is called the U.S. Department of the Navy versus Egan. The Supreme Court, based upon statute, brought these findings. The president, after all, is the commander-in-chief of the Army and the Navy of the United States as per the U.S. Constitution. He has the authority to classify and control access to information bearing on national security. The, this uh, decision goes on to state... This power, this constitutional investment of power in the president exists quite apart from any explicit congressional grant. Because he is the commander in chief, he controls the classification and clearance system. The 17 federal intelligence agencies exist to serve the commander in chief. So one data point. Second data point. Why aren't they releasing the affidavit that supports the search warrant? And why did they refuse to actually leave the front page of the warrant at Mar-a-Lago? I had Christina Bob, the president's attorney on my show yesterday, who said 
they refused. The FBI refused to provide the front page of the warrant, as is the requirement in U.S. law and code. And after they screamed at each other for quite some time, they allowed the lawyers to read the front page and then took the warrant back and took it back with them to the Southern District Field Office in, in Florida. Secondly, they demanded the security cameras be switched off. Why? And then thirdly, Look at how the narrative has changed over time. In the last eight days, we've gone from we had to take official classified documents from his private home back to the National Archives. Then two days later, we had the accusation that it's nuclear, nuclear, nuclear secrets. And then when everybody, including Rick Grinnell, made fun of it with memes on Twitter, they said, oh, no, it's the Espionage Act. We are now supposed to believe uh, the man that put little Kim back in his box had 300 Russian mercenaries killed in Syria, declared a trade war with China. He's the one selling secrets to our enemies. Uh, they, the, the fact that uh, th this whole idea that it's nuclear codes or it's the Espionage Act, they have been working with the president since he left office. They inspected Mar-a-Lago two months ago, requested he put a stronger lock on his archive door, a lock which the FBI drilled through. The one they demanded he put in place was actually drilled through by their safe crackers. We know now that Merrick Garland signed off on this raid, and he decided about it three weeks ago. So what is the, 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 the exigency? A warrant has to, ha, can only be brought if crime has been committed or there is an exigency of a crime being committed or soon to be committed. Was it not committed three weeks ago? Uh, did it happen? Has he been sitting on nuclear launch codes for 18 months? There is one purpose and one purpose alone that this is happening, to prevent President Trump from running in the 2024 election. Period. End of story. Yeah, completely agree with that. And I believe Eric Trump actually said that they'll release videos of the raid at the appropriate time. So that's definitely Good. something we can look forward to. And, and uh, sorry, one, one last thing. So I, I interviewed Cash Patel as well, and I didn't even know this when he came on my, my show. So Cash Patel, who served as uh, senior intelligence investigator for Devin Nunes on the Hill, before that was a, a counterterrorism uh, prosecutor for the DOJ, uh, after that became chief of staff of the Pentagon and deputy, deputy director of national intelligence for Rick Grinnell. Uh, he he said on my live on my show that he is actually President Trump's personal representative to the National Archives. So Cash Patel is the guy that knows what's going on. And he said the documents that are in question pertain to issues of embarrassment to the FBI and the DOJ. So um, file that away for, for, for future use as well. Absolutely. That, and that's great to know. So we'll definitely look forward to, um, to seeing that footage. I'm really glad they didn't turn off the cameras. Uh, question is, do you think that the Democrats might be loosely coordinating these various investigations? You know, the one that's happening now in Florida. Uh, you've got New York. You have Georgia. Um, you have them looking now into, I believe Giuliani is a main target now, the Georgia investigation. It's hard uh, to look, there's, there's always this there's always this question of you know the the the, the vast left wing conspiracy and my, my response is the following the the idea that you know a, a doctor evil uh, a democrat blowfeld is sitting in a hollowed out volcano with a joystick controlling the left isn't necessary uh, obama isn't whispering to the senile old get in the white house through some ifb in his ear why 
because they don't need a coordinator. What is the difference between left and right? Right believes in individual liberty and freedom based upon the fact that we are made in the image of our creator. The left doesn't believe in that. The left is a collective. It is a hive mind. It is like the, the Borg from Star Trek. So you will, you will not find an email from you know, the EOP in the White House signed by Biden or, or from you know, the, the AG at, 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 at Maine DOJ saying, raid Mar-a-Lago tomorrow. You, you, won't, you won't find that. They don't need to have um, you know, a, a central focal point of control. They think the same way. They detest America and patriots in the same way. So th there will be informal forms of coordination, but there's no master plan because they don't need one. They are drones. They are, they are a hive mind that all behave in the same fashion, which is to hate America and to, hate, and to try and destroy those who love America. So a question that a lot of people are asking then is, you know, what is the GOP's response to this? Has it been good enough? Because you see a lot of people having very strong response. And I'm talking about representatives here, but then also some are seriously milk dose if they if they've even responded at all. So what are your thoughts on that? But then also, how do we go about, I guess, if you agree, disfund or um, defunding, I mean, or dismantling these agencies, if you agree with that, that have been weaponized by the left yeah so th th this is um on the on the first point on on the gop the, the gop is the problem i said this when i was in the white house i said this so i've said this since i've left the white house my former boss donald trump won despite the gop not thanks to the gop and nothing's really changed i'm super excited about the 111 uh, endorsements that, uh, that the president has you know, successfully uh, seen uh, win their primary races. And we're going to have a whole new cadre of fresh MAGA America first people on Capitol Hill and in, in governor, uh, governor's mansions across the nation. But it doesn't really matter because, you know, Matt Gates uh, and MTG, they're not going to be allowed into leadership. And, you know, Matt was on my show not long ago when he said, hey, we're going to win the midterms and then we're going to turn every committee in Congress into a real investigative committee and we're going to subpoena people. And my response is, I don't give a damn. I, I, I couldn't care less about subpoenas. I want people charged. When, when, when you have the Secretary of Homeland Security allowed at least two million people knowingly into the country, uh, 53 illegal aliens die in the back of an 18-wheeler who are literally parboiled to death. And, and the, the cartels are making billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars every single month because of the DHS. That person has to be arrested, has to be arrested and charged with complicity to assist international drug cartels and, and coyotes. I'm not interested in, in you know, subpoenas and hearings. Lindsey Graham promising me he's going to subpoena somebody like he said for the last five years. It's a joke. So we, we need... We need to dismantle these agencies. We need to use the power of the purse of the lower house of, of, of Congress to strangle these agencies' illegal actions. And, and, and sad, look, I don't know if you guys, how many of you know my history. Before I joined the administration, my wife and I ran a company that had the only external counterterrorism training program for the CTD, the, the counterterrorism division of the FBI that dealt with Al-Qaeda and ISIS. 
So I, I traveled 20,000 miles a month. I went from RA to field office, from the Hoover building to Quantico. And I must have trained, I don't know, four or 5,000 agents, SOSs, and intelligence analysts. This is personal to me because, you know, I'd arrive at a field office or an RA. I'd meet this, you know, the supervisory special agent. They'd give me the challenge coin from that FBI field office. They'd give me the pin. And I wore it with pride. Now, today, after the last six years, if the FBI knocked on my, my door, I'd say, talk to my stinking lawyers. Uh, as the child of those who suffered under fascist occupation and then communist dictatorship, uh, the, I, I, I use these words uh, as seriously as a heart attack. The FBI have become the, the Stasi, the Gestapo of the Democrat Party. And I'm fed up with morons like, you know, Sean Hannity lecturing us nonstop year on, year out, saying, oh, we love the rank and file. The rank and file are great. It's only the seventh floor floor bullshit is at the seventh floor if you're in the southern district in florida and your asac or your, your supervisory special agent gives you the warrant to bust in with guns to a former president's home and you don't hand in your badge there and then and say you can take my sig and shove it up your ass then you are complicit in sedition and treason i want to see where out of the thirty-five thousand agents support staff where the hell are the people who have walked out of the Hoover building? So the FBI, sadly, it's, it's like, you know, the great Chris Farrell of Judicial, Judicial Watch said on my show two years ago, and I almost fell out of the chair. He said back then, long before Mar-a-Lago, long before Navarro, not long before Bannon, he said, send in the marshals and dismantle the FBI. That's where we're at, guys. And, and sorry for the uh, heated language. No, it was, I think that was great. And um, you reminded me that I think Jim Jordan was posting yesterday that there were some FBI whistleblowers. So that's great to hear, but um, still doesn't. Yeah, there's, there's supposed enough. to be 18 whistleblowers. OK, yeah, let's 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 see the pay dirt. Come on, guys. Mm -hmm. And on that, along those lines, um, how can we force them to re release the probable cause affidavit? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I, I think I that's, look, that's look, a big when, when you, clue. When you've got a magistrate who, you know, worked on the defense team for Epstein's pilots and schedulers on the, you know, uh, you know, the constitutional rape island uh, for, for Epstein. Uh, who knows what's going to happen uh, at the at the end of the day? It doesn't really matter because if they release it, uh, the president wants it released. If they release it, good. We'll see to sham. If they don't release it, everybody will realize they've got something to hide. So uh, either way, the president wins. I mean, think, think about this one thing. I didn't come up with it, but it's so true. This is the most vetted. I, oh, it was Bernie Kerrick. It was Commissioner Kerrick. Um, this is the most vetted man in human history. He is the most innocent man in human history because for the last six years, they have come at him with everything from the Billy Bush tapes to Russia collusion, to Operation Crossfire Hurricane, to the Mueller report, to the first impeachment, the second impeachment, the quid pro quo, then the January 6th committee, then the, you know, the, the Southern District of New York. Every single time they tried to come at the king, they failed. When you go after the king, you've got to kill him. And they failed again and again and again. So, you know, th this man has been fighting for 50 years and they think they can take him down, but they have to take him down. Why? Because nobody owns him. This is the first politician. I love reminding my, my fellow Americans who were born here. There is a connective tissue between every president from Washington to Obama. Every single president prior to Trump was a former 
general, a congressman, a senator, or a governor. The American people did something monumental in 2015. We sent a message. Enough is enough. We don't want anyone from the swamp. And they picked somebody who'd never even run for county dog catcher. So that's the danger. That's why he must be destroyed, because big oil doesn't own him. Farmer doesn't own him. The unions don't own him. And that's why they will try again and again and again. And that's why we've got to get him reelected, because he's the only one that's going to drain the swamp. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And um, you really see, I think, that the Democrats, um, they're trying to win either way, because even if they fail here, they're they're assuming that they might cost the GOP and especially Trump votes. But um, I'm, I like to think that so far it's backfiring. Uh, I don't know if it seems that way to you, but to me, it seems like this is actually uniting conservatives in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, look, I'd be cautious here because I had a former, a good guy, a, a former congressman who's a real citizen politician just say to me two days ago, he called me up and he said, you got to do a special on your program, Seb, because uh, after Mar-a-Lago, um, all these people who are rhinos and never Trumpers, you know, took the president's side and, and you've got you got to flush them out. And, and already that, you know, we, we're seeing signs of people backtracking. I mean, the, the swamp is the swamp. The, G, the GOP is the problem. The left, the left is going yeah. to be the left. You, 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 mm-hmm. We understand what the left's doing. We understand they hate America. We, we understand, you know, the, the, the replacement theory you're not allowed to talk about, even though they celebrated on the pages of The Atlantic. We know what the left is doing. We know they detest America. We are the problem, especially, you know, you know white uh, cisgender men. But it's when you have somebody with a letter R behind their name who says they're on our side and that they, they, they aren't. That's the real problem we have to fix. Yeah, the left is um, evil, but they sure know how to stick together. Right. And, and of course, we've got the, a lot of GOS, GOP establishment that is just waiting to attack Trump if he falters. A lot of rhinos. Yep. Yep. They, they see President Trump as an anomaly, as a glitch mm-hmm. in the system. And they just want to get back to, you know, their fancy cocktail parties and Calorama with the Democrats and the puff pieces in the Washington Post. That's what they want to get back to. So I've got to ask then, so the America First people, um, you've got a podcast called America First. How do they fit into the GOP going forward? They don't fit into the GOP. They have to take yeah. it over. So this is this is from Raheem Kassam. I, I use this statistic um, from the National Pulse, my, my former Breitbart colleague. So uh, good guys, patriots, you know, like to bitch and moan about the GOP. I just did a lot of bitching and moaning about the GOP. But but. Did you know that of the local GOP positions across America, and I don't mean, you know, the serious ones like, you know, precinct captain. I mean, the ones below precinct captain where maybe once, you know, a couple of weeks you have to do something. Forty, more than 40 percent of those positions are vacant. My, my wife, who detests politics, just got registered, just got certified as a senior election official here in Virginia. And I'm so proud of her because that's how we take back the country. But when she comes home from the certification and she tells me in our county alone, 
There are a hundred. And this is after we control the election offices. Okay, after Yunkin's victory, we are in control of the election offices. And in our county of the Commonwealth, there are a hundred election officer posts empty because people can't get off their backsides and volunteer. Mm -hmm. So what do we how do we solve the problem? You don't bitch and moan. You take over the GOP. You don't like the GOP. You don't like the rhinos. Well, guess what? Take it over. That's how we win. Is that the precinct strategy? What do you mean? uh, That's um, I remember that. I think it was um, Dan Schultz had something called the precinct strategy. I I, I don't know. I'm just talking about actually getting engaged. Just get engaged. So taking it over from from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. But I completely agree with that because, um, you know, a lot of the conservatives I know, they don't want to bitch. They want to actually do something. And I think, um, you know, people like you actually lay a path for that. That's what we need to do. The left, you know, the left had this, you know, cutesy catchphrase in the 1960s, uh, all politics is local. Well, well, guess what? It was cutesy back then. But in the late 70s and 80s, they actually got serious about it. You know, with George Soros's money, now with Zuckerberg's, uh, you know, millions, they took America. Look, it's cool to be president. I, you know, I, it's super cool as an immigrant to work in the White House. But really, that doesn't matter. Even the Senate doesn't matter. Even the House doesn't matter. America is a federation of states. Power is local. Real power is really local. They took it away from us. One school board, one local prosecutor is a time. Now it's our turn. But you've got to get engaged. It's not enough to write a check to your favorite candidate and vote every couple of years. If you're not running for local office, you're part of the problem. I completely agree. And that that makes me think of the culture war. Andrew Breitbart famously coined the phrase, politics is downstream from of culture. And I don't think it's ever been more apparent than now that we're in a massive culture war with the left. Um, and they're definitely giving it their all. So do you think that enough conservatives have woken up to this being an issue, especially representatives? And do you have any thoughts on how we win this? No, I don't, I don't think enough people have, have woken up to it. I, you know, my wife has been very involved with the um, what she calls the parents revolt across America, thanks to the Chinese, thanks to COVID. All the parents who are seeing how their children are being indoctrin- indoctrinated through the through the classes that are being taught uh, in, in American schools. That that's really exciting because in many cases these are people who are apolitical, independents, or sometimes Democrats who are waking up to. You know, you're you're teaching my kid who's white that he's always a persecutor or you're teaching my kid because they're brown, that they're always a victim. You know, these people are waking up or here in Virginia where, you know, a a cross-dressing transgender boy rapes a 14-year-old in a female uh, restroom at, at school and then it gets hushed up by the county education board and he gets pushed over to another school where he rapes another girl again wearing as he's wearing a skirt. The, these things, the, the, the whole transgender thing will be the, the massive red pill for many, many Americans. But we're still not doing enough. And, and how do we how do we change it? It's very simple. It's like Kevin McCarthy is a good example. Kevin McCarthy, I, I don't think I mean, I've had him on the show. I don't think he's a bad man, but he is a weak man. And I want all of the people with the letter R behind their name to do the right thing. And I don't really care if they do it because they believe it or they do it because they're afraid that they're not going to get reelected. The functional end, functional end state is the same. So we have to send a very clear message 
in the primaries, in the elections, if you don't do your constitutional duty, if you don't protect elections, if you don't stand up for your constituents, you will have a very, very short political career. If we send that message to enough people and then we backfill with enough MAGA candidates, we will win. Yeah, Doc, that's a Doc, that's a great point. Um, I just want to follow up on Julia's question. You mentioned the indictment, and we still think that's you know that's that's more likely coming than not. Um, if and when President Trump has to, if he's down here where I live, if he has to go get booked in, booked into the Palm Beach County Jail, and there's an indictment, um, you know, people have said there's a lot of scenarios that can happen after that. There's scenarios of civil war. There's scenarios that people rise up there are scenarios that people do nothing um there's a there are some scenarios that this makes him stronger as a candidate there's scenarios that it makes him unrunnable um if he gets indicted what do you see happening well the constitution is very clear there are only three three requirements for Mm -hmm. for the presidency you have to be 35 you have to have been resident in america for 14 years and you have to be a natural citizen you have to be born to american parents or born in america it doesn't say anything about being indicted or anything else and those are the requirements so you know constitutionally it doesn't matter um what does it do to him I tend to agree. Look, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool conservative. I'm a Thatcherite. I grew up under Maggie Thatcher in the UK. Uh, I, I, I think at the at the end of the day, he's stronger than he's ever been before. He got 74 million. Can we remind everybody that you know whatever you think about the results of the Biden election, this you know mentally crippled old man got more votes than the first black president? Yeah, right. I, I do know something empirical. My old boss, after four years of being called first, what was it? First, he was a misogynist. Then he was an Islamophobe. Then he was a homophobe. Then he was a white supremacist. And then finally, he was a Nazi. After four years of being called all of those things, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, by the mainstream media and the Democrats, he got 11 million more votes than he did in 2015. He got more Hispanic and black votes than any Republican incumbent since the 1960s. Oh, and by the way, how do people miss this? Especially the people who say, oh, it's got to be Ron DeSantis. Only Ron can win. How do people forget that President Trump, with 74 million votes, got more votes than any incumbent president in our history? And, And I think he's only getting stronger. Why? If you're a reasonable person, you look at the last eight days and you say, you know, that's the kind of crap that happens in Venezuela. That's the kind of crap that happens in El Salvador. It's who was it? I had uh, uh, Secretary Wilkie on my show today, the former Veterans Affairs Secretary in the Trump administration. He said, the president, there's a new conservative president in our hemisphere. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was El Salvador. Anyway, he said, this, this president, a conservative, said, if I had used my federal police to raid the home of the opposition candidate for the presidency, the State Department and the White House would be screaming at my dictatorial tactics and my ambassador to Washington would be called on the carpet because I'm a banana republic. And you know what? He's absolutely right. And it's happening here. And I think if you're not one of the inculcated, 
you know, soporific drones that watches CNN or MSNBC, mm-hmm. you get it. You see it. You, you yeah. see it. And this, this engenders sympathy for the man. Yeah. Great response. Um, Mark, we're going to head over to you before we go to some hands. So, guys, if you're in the speaker box, um, I brought you up because I know you. So go ahead and toss your hands up for me uh, that you want to talk to Dr. Gorka. So so that's how we'll run it. Um, and Joel, perfect. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate it. Joel, if you can mute, that would be fantastic. And then um, as we go, um, I'll bring more people up and I'll just kind of run crowd control um, and uh, we'll have a Q&A with Dr. Gorka. So, uh, Mark, over to you. And uh, Mark, what's the book that you have that I don't have? Because uh, oh, yeah. I, I have real quick, I have uh, Sebastian Gorka, the, the War for America's Soul. Then I have Why We Fight. Um, that uh, and, and which I have to ask you, Mark, are your signs because mine are signs? <laughs> mine are not, uh, okay. Dr. Gorka. Mine aren't, but uh, I have um, de- uh, Defeating Jihad here in front of me. Defeating Jihad, the winnable war, it's from 2016. Uh, I read it, you know, during that period. Uh, Doctor, I think is very relevant. And although, uh, you know, we may not be talking jihad today, I think there's serious lessons from your book, right? Uh, and I think, I think you make that point from communism to jihad, you know, these things have to be uh, addressed, right? So, uh, doctor, you know, we, we jumped into it so quick. I just want to, my only thing with you is I'm, I'm going to uh, just read two sentences from that book and kind of give you the chance to, if there's anything you missed before we go to the hands, Right. Uh, you know, maybe jog your, your thoughts a little bit. So here, here it is, guys. It's it's this is from the prologue, which is, like I said, a very interesting book. It says uh, every generation must remain vigilant. Each generation must make a conscious decision to protect what we have achieved as a civilization and be prepared to fight if necessary to the death to save our loved ones and our children from enslavement to the n- newest dictatorial ideology secular or religious so doctor uh are we in it are we in this fight we're talking about a search warrant of Mara Largo okay uh is is this a fight are we in an ideological fight which is anti-Trump anti-American first is this where we're at well I think it was, was it Julia who brought up uh, Andrew Breitbart and and um Look, I, let's start with you know something that's really useful. I, I hate autobiographies. I don't have the the, uh, the patience for autobiographies. But his book, Righteous Indignation, is a life changer. Th- this is a leftist. He admitted that he was a, a mindless, you know, drunk at Tulane University when he saw what they were doing to Clarence Thomas, and he said that that can't be right. You know, pubes on a coke can. I just don't buy it. This is because he's a black conservative. And and in in righteous indignation, if you read chapter six, it is it is utterly life changing. If you're into politics and if you love America, chapter six. Everybody listening to this call, how many people have we got here? Like four, five hundred people. You need you need to yeah. read, you need to read that book. It actually um, inspired me for my last book, The War for America's Soul, and I expand upon what what the late great Andrew said. So, what kind of conflict are we in? Very briefly. The threat is Marxism. It truly is Marxism. But Marxism in a new form, a new form which was birthed by an Italian cripple, a communist in one of Mussolini's jails in the 1920s. Uh, 
Antonio Gramsci, in his Scritti Politi, in his political writings, uh, had the genius twist on Marxism, where he said, Marxism can only occur in uh, feudal or post-feudal nations where a revolution can be affected because most of the population are uneducated peasantry. So it can happen in, in Tsarist Russia in 1917, and it can happen in, in Mao's China in 48. It will never function. Uh, Marxism will never, never be successful in a, an established Judeo-Christian nation that has strong Christian values and a strong middle class. People just don't believe that, oh, we're going to seize production of the means, the means of production and live in a worker's paradise where nobody owns anything. People just say that's, that's garbage, never going to happen. So what Gramsci said is, don't go for the revolution. Don't build the barricades because you're going to fail. What you do is you take over the institutions, what Rudi Deutschke later would call the long march through the institutions. You don't bang your head against the wall of the state structure. You inveigle yourself into it. You take over the media. You take over Hollywood. You take over the teachers' unions. And that's exactly what happened in America, in the West. And we conservatives were too busy running our businesses, making the car payment at the end of the month, and we let them do it to us. So it, it's been a war. It's been a war for about 80 years, and we just didn't know it. Does it turn into a kinetic war? I bloody hope it doesn't, because the greatest loss of life in the history of the Republic wasn't Korea, wasn't Vietnam, wasn't World War I, wasn't World War II, wasn't 9-11. It was the Civil War with 600 Americans killed at the hands of their fellow Americans. So, mm -hmm. look, um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not really afraid of a kinetic war. I'm prepared to die uh, on the top of a pile of brass. And I'm not really afraid of, you know, Antifa types who, who are, are afraid uh, uh, of guns and, and like to cold cock people with bike blocks. But I dearly hope we don't have a civil war. But really, right now, it's up to the left. Right. Doc, I want to um, before we go to the hands and I go back to Julia, I want to get your take on this. Yahoo News and other agencies have now called it Harriet. Hagman, Hagman um, wow. has, has won and has beaten Liz yes. Cheney. So wow. fantastic. Fabulous. News. Great news. Yeah. yeah so the it's, Cheney dynasty yeah, is dead. So it's coming out left and right, uh, just like uh, prior things over in Arizona. Now we go to Wyoming and uh, they've already called it. So 44 minutes after um, it's popping up like hotcakes and um, it looks like the polls were right. She's just getting slaughtered. Um, so what's your uh, doc before we go to the hands? Uh, what's your take on someone like Liz Cheney, who voted to impeach Trump, um, is is part of the J6 fraud and hoax and these primetime hearings that I'm not watching. But, uh, you know, obviously, I think, uh, you know, question without an answer is it's a good day. She'll be out by January. Uh, what's your take on it? Well, maybe they can start up CNN Plus again. I mean, she's going <laughs> to need a job or something. Right. Um, it's just great. I mean, look, yeah. th th this, this woman was insane. I mean, she, 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 she's TDS patient zero. And, and then that video her father did for her last week, ca calling. Oh, my God. I know. That was, that calling was so Americans bad. Terrorists. I mean, calling the president of the United States a terrorist. Oh, it was so bad. It's like if there's one person that Liz Cheney should not have gone to, 
it was another Cheney who's actually actually people hate him more. And by the way, he shot another guy in the face for no reason. But let's not talk about that. Um, but right. So she brings her father out. He looks mean. He's got his hat on. His face is down. And he is literally stand. I don't think he's standing. I, you know, I thought he was in a wheelchair, but that's either here nor there. Um, he was acting as righteous as could be that, you know, Liz will stand up for the truth. And I'm looking at this like, did you really just dip into the Dick Cheney well? To weird save flex, it? right? <laughs> Very weird. I mean, and Doc, I was just going to add that this isn't just Julia. a loss for Cheney. Like, this is a referendum on, you know, her voting to impeach Trump. Because remember now, this she's the eighth out of, I think, the 10 right. GOPers that voted to impeach him. It's also a referendum on what the mainstream Republicans, the mainstream GOPers think of her involvement with the January 6th committee. So this is this is huge. Trump is right. He said if she loses tonight, it would be a very big deal, one of the biggest. And he also said the fake news media will do everything in their power to play it down and pretend that it wasn't a referendum on the, he calls them the unselects. And I think he's absolutely right. Yeah, it, 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 it will be twisted, just like, you know, Mar-a-Lago isn't about the, the illegal burglary, the state-sanctioned burglary of a president's home. Now it's about threats made to FBI agents. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, this loss for Cheney won't be an indictment of the January 6th commission and rhinos. It will be seen as, you know, they'll spin it into some, the hatred of women in America. You, you, you know it, but yeah. who cares? I mean, this is, this is a big, big, the, the biggest, I mean, Adam Kinzinger is just a joke. I mean, you know, crybaby, crybaby Kinzinger is a joke. But Liz Cheney was was running, was was the deputy chair of the committee, and now her political life is over. So, uh, I, you know, I don't drink uh, alcohol, but I'm going to crack a little uh, Martinelli's apple champagne after we're <laughs> off this chat. There you go, perfect. Um, yeah, it was it was it was very quick. So. 44 minutes in, they're all calling it. And, um, you know, I'm glad she's gone because I haven't watched it. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, that comprise our group, like Michael Dean, who was keeping me updated and Julian Mark. And I just, you know, I think I watched maybe like a minute or two before I decided I was either going to turn it off or I was going to break my TV. So uh, I, so I decided not to break my TV and go for a walk. Uh, Cause it was just a show. I mean, you think a grand jury is a show I've done, you know, I've done hundreds of grand juries, you know, and, and, and that, and that is also a partisan show because, you know, the prosecutor puts on whatever he wants. There's no cross-examination. The defendant's not there. It's held in secret. I get to show you whatever I want and I can indict anyone for anything. And that's what J six was. And, um, you know, it was an absolute joke. So, um, Great night for Liz Cheney. And again, I don't drink, but uh, maybe I'll find something. Maybe maybe I'll crack open a Coke Zero. Uh, and <laughs> and and if Coke, if you're listening, uh, you know, uh, feel free to sponsor us. Uh, so uh, anyway, let me go to Julia. We got a lot of hands. We got a lot of people in the queue that want to talk to Dr. Gorka. Um, you know, guys, we again, do, yeah. we do. And and guys, uh, we're going to run crowd control, right? So uh, Dr. Gorka has has given his time he's busy he's got a tv show every night that my mom never misses um and you know he's a busy man so if you're going to troll or pull some crap do it somewhere else um you're probably not going to get through a couple words before i get you out so uh be serious ask your questions we're here to have fun as too um so if you have any fun questions feel free to ask them and uh julia i will go to you for some hands 
All right. I've got a cue going. I know everyone was super excited about this space. I'm going to jump to Baby Yoda. He's a member of our Two Feds and the Truth team first. What are your thoughts, Baby Yoda? And then, Todd, you're on deck. Uh, well, first, great to have you here tonight, Dr. Gorka. Uh, I work in a, a three-letter agency, but I'm one of the good guys, and hence hence the Baby Yoda moniker. Uh, love your America First podcast. Uh, I guess I'm going to ask a question about communism and then two foreign policy questions. Uh, today on your America First podcast, the topic was communism. I was just floored by the background on Karl Marx. For those that didn't listen, Marx's dad was called Faustian in a letter by his own father. And two of Marx's daughters committed suicide in suicide packs. So, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, his ideas weren't bad, just his ideas weren't just bad, but uh, he was bad all around, a terrible person with a terrible philosophy. So my question on communism was just, why is communism so attractive, doctor, to the left when we know it doesn't work? And, you know, Hayek indicated that basically you need fascism to force people to follow it. Why, why do people keep falling for this myth? Well, very simply because it, it promises equality and it promises perfection. I mean, it is, it, it is as St. Augustine said, if you deny the existence of God, you create a, a God-shaped hole in the soul. You've got to fill it with something. If, if you're Greta Thunberg, you, you fill it with worshipping mm-hmm. the planet Mother Gaia. For, for, for the modern socialist or the, or the leftist, you, you, so it's very easy. If, if you live in the real world, if you're a conservative, if you're a believer like I am, you understand that man is, 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 is flawed. Man, man is fallen. Man cannot be perfected. Life is a struggle against evil. Socialism says, no, we can engineer humanity. We can engineer society. We will create homo sovieticus, and there will be no pain and no suffering. That's a very seductive argument. Why why it is still believed after 42 nations have tried it and failed and 100 million people were killed in its name. That's because, you know, we've allowed indoctrination in our schools, in our colleges, in in, in our high schools. So, you know, the, the the promise is amazing. The reality is mass murder. Well, they make us all equal, like a lawnmower makes the grass all the same length yes. with a blade. Well, well, <laughs> except for the Politburo that gets the, you know, the summer darcher, the limo driver, and the, uh, the, yes. the, 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 the house in Monaco. Uh, some are more equal than others, as they say. Right. Uh, animal farm. Yep. Uh, what do you think about what's been done to Benjamin, Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel? Some say with help from the American left and possibly our intelligence agencies. He's almost a precursor of what's happened to Trump, I think. Oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> Obama, Obama sent his campaign team to Tel Aviv, uh, uh, to Jerusalem. Are you Spending U.S. Me? dollars <laughs> yeah. for his opposition. Uh, it's, you know, it, there's a lot to be learned. To, you know, I think President Trump, before he ran, could have learned a lot from studying what they did to Bibi in Israel. So absolutely. I mean, you know, the false accusations, corruption, this corruption, that, you know, he, what was the last one a couple of years ago? He got a box of cigars for free. I mean, the left. Yep. Is so... And they always go after the wives too, right? So yes, yes. Yep. No, I mean, and it's like everyone on Trump's that... family is under a microscope because this is a, they... so this is a bigger thing. So, um, I know we're the size of a continent. I know George Bush didn't have a passport until he became president. But, you know, you've you got to pay attention to the geopolitical stuff. You've got to pay attention to the, to the global connections. There is no Donald Trump uh, without Brexit. 
you know, there is no Donald Trump without Farage. There is no Modi without without Donald Trump. These things are all interconnected. And it truly is the bi-coastal elites, you know, the WEF, the, the, the Palo Alto, uh, you know, information masters versus the ordinary people. And, and this isn't just America. MAGA is not America. Uh, it, it is a phenomenon that is global, and it yeah. is really the elites versus uh, versus the real people. Very good point. The the Two Feds and the Truth podcast, you know, it's like downloaded in Argentina, all over the world, and you know, Australians really seem to identify with the Americans and basically are kind of like honorary members yeah, of I, the I, America I, First I, Movement. It's so weird when I, I got a call on my daily radio show from Brazil, and then somebody I met Bolsonaro's son at a dinner in D.C. at the Breitbart embassy. And he said, you've got to come to Brazil. Uh, you've got to come to Argentina because you've got a massive following. And I'm saying, are you taking the piss? I, I have <laughs> a following in Brazil and Argentina. But, if, you know, there are people. Yeah, it's almost like a everywhere. David Hasselhoff moment, right? <laughs> <laughs> Big in Germany. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask, but my last question was about maybe Russia by way of China. Yes. When, when they let China into the WTO back in 97, they thought that trading with China would make them more like us, more democratic. Yeah. They thought that they, nobody really thought, I think at the time, that they could do this sort of hybrid, you know, Chai communism with a little bit of capitalism, just enough to keep the people productive, unlike Russia. And I guess my question is about what do we do about China, but also China and Russia have kind of an unholy alliance behind the scenes, you know, whether it's alternative to SWIFT or probably China winking at them to go into Ukraine, you know, and we'll make sure you have, you know, we'll have trade oil and do things to keep, you know, Russia solvent through that. So, or, you know, it'll give them Taiwan options if they, you know, create a geopolitical mess. So I just, in general, what do you think about Russia and China and this danger of this new hybrid communism? where it's still totalitarianism and central control, but it's more successful economically. Yeah, so Kissinger has a lot to answer for, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the, the Hitchens critique of you know, war crimes in Cambodia. You know, when Kissinger convinced Nixon to open to China, it was kind of cute in, in kind of flaking off China from the Soviet Union. But the way we were sold for the next 50 years this absolutely suicidal idea that hey if we economically liberalize china they're going to politically liberalize kissinger uh, the west coast google apple nike lebron james are responsible for creating the absolute peer competitor that is china people didn't realize this but if you look at straight gdps you, you don't get it if you look at purchasing parity if you look at what a currency can buy when we entered the white house china's gdp on purchasing parity was actually larger than america's their economy was bigger and they had an avowed strategy one belt one road unrestricted warfare to destroy us and to become the sole hegemon in the world god bless president trump peter navarro my colleague general spaulding and others for turning it around but now we've got a guy in the white house who on his son's voicemail hunter biden brags and i'll edit it for 
you know, the kids listening, who brags about being in effing business with the effing spy chief of China. That's how serious the threat is. With, with regards to Russia, look, uh, Russia and China hate each other, but they do have a marriage of convenience. And if uh, we are sanctioning the crap out of the Kremlin, China is happy to pick up the slack, and they have been. There has been a 40% increase in trade between China and Russia in the last six months because of the war in Ukraine, but it is all temporary. China needs the land in eastern Russia. Uh, they don't have enough um, women to marry the Chinese men because of the one China policy since the 1970s. Russia is in a demographic tailspin. More than 200,000 Russians die every year more than are born. So sooner or later, there's something going to cook off between those two countries. But right now, they're helping each other out. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, guys. All right, let's jump to Todd next. Hello, Dr. Gorka, and thank you so much for lending your valuable time to the space tonight. Uh, my question for you is uh, regarding what you said about the GOP being our biggest problem, which I totally agree. How the hell are we going to get rid of Rona Romney McDaniel? <laughs> yeah, the, um, it's going to be up to President Trump. So, so one of the things that didn't happen because we had no bench when I, I said this before publicly when we came into the white house there were less than 20 of us in in senior positions like me bannon navarro who who were maga literally less than 20 of us as a result uh, it was a very very thin bench uh, bannon in an interview i think in vanity fair actually used this phrase he said we we didn't have enough people and three weeks in we, we did a drug deal. Reince and I did a drug deal with the RNC to fill those posts, which meant we, we get bushies, we get people undermining the president from inside the building. This can't happen again. This is my biggest concern for the second Trump administration. We've got to get the personnel vetting uh, right, and we've got to get rid of Rona McDaniel. I mean, that when, when Reagan won from day one, you know, thanks to Baker and others, there was an organic connection, a symbiotic connection between the White House, uh, the RNC, and the GOP. It was, it was one organism. That, that, flick, that switch was never flicked when we won the election because President Trump wasn't a, uh, a, a politician and because, you know, he didn't have that James Baker-esque person who would help him, you know, run the machine of D.C. So we've got to have a killer We've got to have a political killer in there who is the chief of staff and make sure that the RNC serves the will of the American people and the man that they choose for their president. So this this has to happen. This has to be prepped in the next two years. And that switch has to be flicked on day one. And, and Rona, Rona has to go way before then. Thank you, sir. All right. Warrior, you're up. And then Joel, you're on deck. Thank you. So, uh, good evening, Dr. Gorka. Uh, this is your buddy in Florida. And I want to make sure that everybody knows in this space who we're talking to now. This, the, the, aside from President Trump, this is the, probably the top three most intelligent men that in the White House. It's, it's Sebastian Gorka and Cash Patel. All right, so we have the privilege of speaking to this guy, and I'm sure we've all established his intelligence. But what I want to point out, this guy is the pivotal guy to take down ISIS. Him. Okay. So not only is he a brilliant mind, but, but he relates to 
all of us. He's, he's a patriot like none other. And um, I'm saying that because it's true, and I just want everybody to know who we have the privilege of speaking to. Additionally, um, I think what we need to also gain from Dr. Gorka tonight is, and this goes on a lot, and you did touch upon it a little earlier, we need to know as Americans, as patriots from you, if you can guide us, our group, a little. And you did touch upon it, but maybe a little more because I think people were filing in. How do we make a difference? What is your steps one, two, three to really make a difference? And that's what I have for you right now. All right. Thank thank you, Warrior. No, I didn't pay that man to say that, but um, he's been a good friend. I appreciate it. I would add one more person. I would say Steve Bannon was rather smart as well. So let's let's add him to the mix of the people in the building. And and Warrior and I, we've known each other for quite some time, and we're working on a project that we'll be able to announce in in a few months' time that's going to help everybody. Um, Great question. Yeah, I wasn't specific enough. I gave the example of my wife. So let, let me talk about the man I, I'm a cradle Catholic, but let me talk about the man I call my, my rabbi, and that's Dennis Prager, my, my colleague on Salem Radio. He says there are three types of people in the world. There are warriors, there are those who help warriors, and there are those who do nothing. Be a warrior, or at least help a warrior. And one of the best ways you can do that is to cleave to the truth. You absolutely have to cleave to the truth. You've got to stand up for the truth every single day and never, ever censor yourself. If you're on social media and you find a moment where you can't put your your name to your, your values and to what you believe in, then you don't really believe in those values. Let me share a small anecdote that, that illustrates what I'm talking about. My wife and I were invited to the Trump golf course in Virginia for a... Uh, it was a Republican event, but it was really more MAGA. It, was, it wasn't RNC, it wasn't GOP. It was really an America First event. It was a, a gala. And my wife, who was the uh, press secretary for Customs and Border Patrol for uh, Trump, was asked to speak, and I was asked to speak. I arrived at this beautiful facility. This, I'd never been to the Trump golf course. And I'm, I arrive, and I walk onto the dance floor, and this woman in a lovely you know, ball gown, full-length ball gown, rushes up to me, and says, Dr. G, Dr. G, oh, a huge fan. Can I get a selfie? And I said, sure, absolutely. And she takes the selfie, and, and I said to her the same thing I say to everyone who takes a selfie with me. And don't forget to tag me on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. And then suddenly her expression changes, and her tone of voice drops. And she says, oh, I, I, I can't do that. I mean, I live in a part of Virginia that's that's very Democrat, and and my husband is is self-employed, and I I can't I can't put this photograph on social media. At that point, something inside of me died a little, and an hour later, ninety minutes later, when I was asked to address the the, the collected you know gala attendees, I didn't use that woman's name. But I told the story in front of everybody. And I said, if you're not prepared to put your name to what you say you stand for, you don't stand for those things. If you're not prepared to fight as you, then you don't deserve to win. I was speaking at another event in New Hampshire where a nurse... 
And it was tough to do this because I did this on the fly. And we were talking about the transgender thing. And I was in a room of real patriots. And, and a nurse asks a question in the Q&A. And she says, this thing is horrific. And, and, and I, I'm having to work in a hospital where we do these things, where we do double mastectomies on, on 12-year-old girls. And, and I don't know what to do. And in front of everybody, I wasn't, I, I wasn't there to give her a hard time, but I, I told her, you have to resign. You, you have to walk out of there. And I, I'm not saying this to be a hard ass. I'm saying this for you. Because one day, you will have to stand in front of your creator and account for what you've done. And you can't be complicit. If you're in a hospital participating in the mutilation of children, you're complicit. I, I got, somebody DM'd me from the Bureau last week, and she's some secretary. I don't know. She's a typist at the Bureau. And she said, oh, I can't stand working here. I, 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 this is what I'm shocked. I'm horrified by what the feds are doing around me. And I said, then leave. I know you've got to pay the rent. You've got to feed your kids. But if, if you stay there, you are complicit in treason. So the greatest thing you can do as an American is not be complicit. And I know it's, you know, it's easy for me to say, but guess what? Is your soul worth it? It's not just the nation. It is your eternal soul. So, so warrior, best question of the night so far. The greatest thing you can do, all of you, wherever you live, whatever your job, wherever you were born. If you're an American, if you believe in the truth, never ever censor yourself and never ever be complicit in evil. Fantastic words of wisdom and um, ones that we should all take with us even after the space ends. Now, before I go to Joel, um, who's next on the queue, I just want to jump to Mark, who has a couple of quick words. Yeah, guys. So, uh, quick uh, intermission here, right? Uh, but, you know, the doctor is doing fantastic. Everyone's asking questions. So, uh, you know, crypto, Julia, and myself, we we have a newsletter. We have a podcast. We do more than just the spaces. And 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 the reason is, if censorship comes down and takes us out, nukes us, okay, you can still find us. We're gonna still keep working, right? So we're grateful for this. But we also have uh, the the newsletter, which goes out and tells you where where and when the podcast is. So. To get involved in that, just hit Crypto's face there, right? Top left, hit his, hit his face, right? Get to his profile and just scroll down, not even not even to his first tweet. And it says, uh, Two Feds in the Truth podcast. Just uh, click that and it's faster than I can even describe. So uh, we've had Judge Joe Brown, we've had Congressman Matt Gates, Kyle Rittenhouse, Nick Sandman. Last night we had Gays Against Groomers, uh, special guest, you know, uh, Billboard Chris. So uh, and now, of course, we have, you know, uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka with us. So, guys, I uh, would love you to hit that. But nonetheless, uh, let's get back at it. So go ahead, Julia. OK, it looks like Joel dropped down. So we're going to go right to I'm back, Jack. And then, Johnny, you'll be on deck. I want to hear from Election Wizard. I'm a big fan. I want to get a question from Election Wizard. <laughs> 
That's that's good, Doctor. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. Heard the only amazing. spoken once, and he's yeah. spoken to us. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. So really quick on that, Doc is um is a, I don't I don't know if he's still in here or not, but I'll DM him because he was DMing me. But uh, for the longest time, we were DMing back and forth, and he was telling me who he was and. Um, it's all out now, but um, I'll let him talk when he comes back. But uh, yeah, and then one day I kept on telling him. It's kind of like uh, if he's in the room still, Fisher King was in here. Whenever I talk to Fisher King, he drops out. So it's like I try not, <laughs> I try not to mention anyone's names because as soon as I do, they leave. But um, one day, and guys, it wasn't too long ago, right? It was like, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, it was it was a like a officer involved shooting. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, case got right. So we killed himself. Right. So we were covering that, and I sent the invite. I said, "Hey, election wizard, great to see you. Uh, You know, hopefully you'll come up." And he accepted, and off we went. And it was it was a. It was amazing. So we I'm had to play to... it cool, like like we talked to him all the time. <laughs> right. it was, uh, but he yeah. did fantastic. He did. I'm going to talk to him now to see uh, to see if he'll come in and uh, chat a little bit. But we got we got a lot of hands. And guys, um, while Julia goes to the hands, I realize there's a massive amount of hands that are requesting that aren't even the speaker box yet. Just I promise you, as we go one at a time, I'll move people out. I'll bring people in. Um, we just have so many people, so just bear with me, but the process will work itself out, I promise. All right. Thanks, guys. Let's go to – I'm back, Jack, and then again, Johnny, you're on deck. Uh, hi, guys. First of all, a big round of applause to Crypto, Julia, and, and uh, Mark for bringing the A-team into the room. Uh, Dr. Uh, Gorka, uh, thank you so much for donating your time. Um I want to ask you a question about Trump, knowing as much as you know about him, um, being so close to him. Do you think he would uh, modify his strategy a little bit when he's running in 2024 uh, compared to the first time around? In what way? Um, to try and maybe grab some more um, old school Republicans, um, people that thought maybe he was a little too bombastic. No, I don't. He's 75 years old and he's not going to behave differently. And if he did, people wouldn't vote for him. Why, you, you've got to remember, what, what, why did we elect him? We elected him because he's genuine. We elected him because of the mean tweets. We, we elected him because of the hair. We elected him because of the, the Queen's accent. No, so, no, I think it would be disastrous to try and turn him into something that he's not. So... And by the way, I want to remind everybody, because it's kind of a punch to the gut. You do know we've got two more years of this clown show. So uh, <laughs> you know, the idea that he has to do anything differently, we, we are going to be in such a catastrophic state of affairs by 2024. And I, this isn't a partisan thing. It's just a factual statement. More than 60% of the people in economic policy positions in the White House have never worked in the private sector. This was a survey that came out. More than 60% have never, ever signed the front of a check, and they're planning the economy. You can only fix a problem, number one, if you know you ha- how to fix a problem. And there is nobody, nobody, from transport to supply chain to national security to anything that knows what the hell they're doing. It is a bunch of ideologues. So it's not going to be a question of style, 
that matters in the election. It's going to be the fact that gas is going to be 12 bucks a gallon and we're going mm. to have 6 million people who've crossed the border illegally. That's why he'll be re-elected if we do our job and make sure that the election is fair and square. Fantastic. Hey, thank you so much, doctor. Appreciate your time. Hey, guys, great job. Great job bringing the, the, the good stuff into the room. Thank you. Yeah. So, so Jack, while you're here, awesome to see you tonight. Um, I have to confess, though. So I so I wish that I was, you know, whining and dining, Dr. Gorka. And what actually happened was we've been chatting for a while, but um, he was in a room, um, a space a few nights ago. And I was in there and I was like, oh, great. This is, you know, Dr. Gork is in there. So I chatted with him about uh, President Trump and the FBI raid and, you know, some things that I thought, you know, particularly with the Fourth Amendment particularity. And we're talking about the probable cause narrative that has to come out because we all want to see it. Right. And it was actually Dr. Gorka who reached out to me and I was honored. And he was like, hey, you know, do you want to do a space? And I was like, well, well then I, I take it all back. Yeah, I know, but hang, I on, know. hang on, hang on, hang You're on, absolutely hang on. Hang on. I was like, absolutely. I would love to run a space for you. So, but, yeah, but you're, so. You're, you're leaving out, you're leaving out important details. So number oh, one, yeah, yeah. I'd never been on a space before in my life. Yes. A, yes. That is true. I, I'm, a, I'm a night owl. So I was doing my, you know, stupid, you know, <laughs> mi middle of the night, you know, Twitter. You're doing very good for a rookie doc. Uh, no, no, I, 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 this thing pops up on my Twitter feed, This, and I don't know, don't know what it was, this space right. thing, and I, I clicked on it, and I thought I could just listen, and then the host, <laughs> Nuance Bro, says, we've got Dr. G listening, <laughs> and then for the next hour and a half, I'm answering questions, and people, a couple of people are assholes, inclu including Nuance Bro, Yes. so, so, so yes. You, kindly, you kindly offered to run a proper space, so thank you. Yes, no, no, yes, you're... You're more than welcome. And me, Julia and Mark, we do this, uh, you know, it, you know, it, it ebbs and flows like this week between our spaces and our podcast. We're actually doing it every night. Um, but, you know, it, you know, it ebbs and flows with us. But no, I, you know, we love running our spaces and we love having the conversations. And uh, when Dr. Gork was like, hey, let's do it. I mean, that's a no brainer. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean. Listen, guys. I mean, Doctor Gork is in our space, and Liz Cheney lost. I mean, what? I mean, this is this hey, is good night. crypto. So take a look at my little profile pic. Come on, you got to. Yeah, love I, it. Saw I saw it. Comment on that. Actually. I saw That's it. Great. I love it. I love it. So it can't just be a coincidence. Yeah. So I, I am, did things. I'll just won the lottery. Yeah. It, it, yeah. No, it's great. So I am going to uh, bust out some of, uh, I guess, my maybe some apple juice. You know, I don't know. Sparkling grape juice. Don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So, all right. We've got a lot. Bottle. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just wanted uh, to piggyback off of Jack's yeah. question, actually, because this was kind of a question I had earlier, was, um, Dr. Gorka, if Trump does decide to run for 2024, do you think he needs to change his messaging at all from, you know, the last time? And if well, so, not, what, what do you think he should change a, it to? It's not an if. It's not an if. He, yeah. he, he is running. He, he's yeah, I'm run. sure he is. But so, I don't so know he, he, here's, here's the messaging that he needs to do. Here's the messaging. It's, it's really, mm -hmm. it's completely novel. It's different. The messaging will be Washington is broken. We can fix it. America first. Okay, That's, so definitely not the um, what have you what have you got to lose? Especially when he was trying MAGA. to guilt on what, what, what voters. Is what, what, the voters. The, the situation will be worse, worse than it was after Obama, right? So, so or, or it's just the same thing. It's MAGA. It's America first. It's MAGA. It's exactly the same. It's, and, and it's like Reagan said, 
you know, are you better off than you were four years ago? He's going to ask the same question. But apart from that, if he tried something radically different, if if he brought in, you know, Frank Luntz's, you know, beta male uh, research team of, of, of focus groups, and 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 then based his campaign on that, he, he it'll be a, it would be a disaster, and he wouldn't win. What you want is a guy who isn't owned by anybody and who can fix stuff. That's what we wanted in fifteen. That's what we're going to want in two years' time. So, as a question. I was sorry, a question no, that crypto posed, I think, in the yeah. last space. And crypto was asking, I was thinking you're going to bring this up just now, crypto. Sure. Yeah. Do you think there's anything that could prevent him from running? Because we all do think he's going to run at this yeah, point. Yeah, just, sure. just uh, unforeseen health issues. That's about it. Yeah. And I was just going to say that that you actually read my mind, Julia. And the other thing is, yeah. was, you know, how much of a 180 did we pull where we went from someone who wasn't owned by anyone who, you know, the MAGA movement to someone who was literally owned by every foreign country. So we went from Trump to Biden. Biden is corrupt. Biden, Ukraine, Biden, China, Hunter Biden, uh, 10% of the big guy. We could be here all night talking about how how our presidency is compromised, but we're not going to do that on a night that Liz... Liz Cheney lost. So, uh, all right, Julia, back to you. And, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, it, guys, um, guys and girls, uh, uh, when I bring you up or men and women, what, whatever, I, you know, listen, the genders are changing every day, right? I can't keep up. Um, when I come, when I bring you to the speaker box, it really helps me to put up your hand. And if you don't know how to do it, look at the bottom, you'll see a heart in the middle. Go to the far right and put your hand up. Because if I bring you up and there's no hand, I'm going to move you back down. I can bring you up later, but I can't promise you we're going to run this thing all night. So when you come up, put your hand up. Otherwise, I'm going to rotate you back out. Julia, back to you. All right. We've got Johnny up next. And then Parson, you're on deck. Go ahead, Johnny. All right. Thank you very much uh, for all the uh, Dr. Gorka. Thank you. And for all other non-drinkers out there, don't worry about it. I will polish a bottle <laughs> in honor of uh, Liz losing tonight. Just make make sure it's a single malt with scotch whiskey. uh, I love it, but it's uh, vodka tonight. We'll have to settle. You know why? Because we settle, right, for Liz Cheney. You know, she's not worth a bottle of uh, good scotch. Um, Dr. Gorka, my biggest frustration really in this bill uh, that they just passed is the doubling of size of the IRS. Yes. Uh, It's massive to me. I think it's going to be the biggest interference invasion of our private of our privacy uh incoming uh if i send uh you know my, my son at college six hundred dollars through Pel- paypal uh this november he's gonna get uh 1099 come january it's just amazing to me that now the government knows about it and needs an explanation for it if they ask for one if they demand one really uh, I can't think of anything else in our history that comes this close to uh, massive government intervention since, you know, Medicare and Social Security. But, uh, you know, I think it's even I think it even tops that for the invasion that it comes into every America. So uh, and, and you're a history guy, you know, history from around the world. Is there anything that equals it in this country or not? And what's your opinion on it altogether? Thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen this. I, I, so I was born in the UK to parents who escaped Hungary during the revolution. My father was actually liberated from a uh, communist political prison by the, by the 1956 freedom fighters. 
So uh, after the war, I, I grew up speaking Hungarian before I spoke English. I served in the British uh, Territorial Army. So after the war fell, I, I got a job working in Hungary for the first freely elected conservative government. And I worked in the defense ministry. I, I worked there for five years, helping uh, Hungary join NATO. And I saw it after the first freely elected government fell in the next election. They brought back the communists in 1995. Uh, you know, they changed their name to socialists, right? And what, what happened almost instantly? It was the targeted use of the Hungarian IRS. This happened all across Central Europe. The, the tools of the state were used. If, if you said the wrong thing, if you were too loud in the media, if you were seen as effective communicator of conservative uh, you know, values, you, you would find the IRS agents on your doorstep. I've seen this in spades. This isn't you know, a new threat. This has existed in, in, in nascent democracies and, and banana republics everywhere. So the idea that Lois Lerner is, is still picking up her full government pension, and we've now doubled the size of the IRS. And on the web page, they scrubbed it after 24 hours, but it said, you know, join the IRS to carry a gun and, and use lethal force when necessary. Uh, I agree with you. This is, I mean, apart from, you know, $739 billion of our money, that the, what they're doing to the IRS is perhaps one of the most disturbing things. And it's, it's got to be strangled like, a, you know, a baby in the bathtub. It has to be strangled by by the GOP come the midterms. They have to do that to DHS with the open borders. They have to do that with the IRS. We have to get serious because th this is how you take control without elections. This is how you intimidate people by using the state as your own uh, your own tool of oppression. All right. Thanks so much, um, Johnny and Dr. Gorka. We've got Parson up next, followed by Brick Suit. And I see Election Wizard back yeah, in the room. Yeah. So um, I reached out to Election Wizard and, um, you know, guys, you know, we we very rarely, if ever, cut lines. But listen, the guest of the night asked for Election Wizard. Election Wizard's here. He's going to talk for like the second time ever. Yeah. So listen, we got to give not Exciting only doctor, stuff. Yeah, not only listen, Liz Cheney, <laughs> Liz Cheney, yes. Liz Cheney lost. Dr. Gork is in the house tonight and election wizards going to speak again. So, oh, my God, tell me he just dropped down. Oh, don't do that to me. Yeah, don't do that to me, election. So, uh, guys, I'm going to move one person down. I promise I'll bring you back up. But, um, yeah, I'm going to bring election wizard up. And, um, you know, there's not many times, you know, Dr. Gorka says, hey, listen, I want to talk to the whiz, right? The whiz is <laughs> and the whiz is here. So, um, Julia, who is up for us right now? Pars uh, yeah, Parson followed by Bricksuit. Okay, so Parson, we'll go to you, uh, and then um, and then Bricksuit, and then we're going to jump uh, to Election Wizard. He is here. I see that he's got his nice little cap on tonight, so he's all dressed up for you, Doc. All right, or here we go, Shaney's guys. lost. He's all dressed up. <laughs> yeah. Fear not, for I am with thee. I love that, Sebastian, about you. I, I love your fearlessness. And last night I was watching Tucker, and when I he just built this case, and the only thing I could think of is, you know, how many days until they raid his house and his office? And I, I feared that for you as well, Dr. Sebastian. I feared for you on that. So that's one of my two questions for you. But if you guys don't mind, there's one thing. So Washington Post just called the race, uh, finally. But there's one little thing that you're going to notice uh, when it's all said and done. 
the Democratic candidates are going to win with as few as 7,000 votes in their primary. And even with all the, uh, um, I'm not going to say the word, but with all the crossover voting that I am seeing from county to county to county as I go through these districts, she is still just plastering Liz Cheney. She's been up as high as 36 points right now. She's up 25, but I, but they're, they're, the Democrats are, are all in for Liz Cheney in this election, and you can see it in the county votes. So, you know, some, some lucky soul out there is going to get a chance to lose their, the general election with only winning maybe 5,000, 7,000 votes in the state. So my, my, my question is one about, your, you know, what, you know, what's your process for fortification, um, and what can we do to fortify ourselves so that we aren't intimidated? I, I, I'm used to being banned and suspended and all that. And then, lastly, the investigation of Durham, Durham of the IG. If you know of anywhere anything where that stands, because this is all about the rule of law, and we just have a breakdown of it. Yeah. Uh, first things first, uh, Money Mags has DM'd me and helped me fix my Instagram. So thank you, everyone, especially Money Mags. Um, when it comes to the election, so a couple of things. Number one, you've got to do what my wife did. You've got to become a, a poll observer or better what she did, become a senior election official. We, we have to flood the zone. So what everybody, you know, I'm so pissed with people who DM me and call into my show and say, we're never going to win again. They stole the last election and we'll never win again. Oh, yeah, really? Is that what happened in Virginia? Is that how Glenn Youngkin, not exactly a very exciting candidate, crushed somebody who was one of the most powerful people in the DNC universe? Uh, what what happened? My, my precinct captain, who is an absolute trooper, she told me that here in the Commonwealth, she and she's been doing this for five years, she has never seen the number of people volunteer, literally hundreds and hundreds of people in her precinct, a lot of Asians, by the way, who said, I don't know anything about politics. I've never been involved with politics, but I've got a pulse and I'm breathing. How can I help? We have to bring those people on board. We have to have manpower and flood the zone and fill those 40 percent of, of positions in the GOP that are empty. Uh, secondly, we, we've got to have our guys do their jobs. I mean, you know, the things, for example, in, in, it's, it's not only in the U.S. Constitution that states the state legislatures have to run the elections for president. In, in various states like Pennsylvania, it is the state constitution that says the governor has no right. The secretaries of state have no right to change the way elections are run. It is up to the state legislature. We have to make sure that our state houses do their stinking jobs and again send a message that if you don't do your job and protect those elections and make sure that there are no Zuckerberg drop boxes that you will not be reelected. So so those are the, are, are the big muscle movements of, of that. Uh, on on John Durham, look, I have no inside skinny on John Durham. Um, I've talked to people who know him, regular guests on my show like Victoria Tansing, Joe DeGeneva, absolute troopers, former U.S. attorney for, for the District of Columbia, who, who say he's the real deal, uh, who say that uh, you know his rep for putting feds in prison is, is real. 
But what the hell is taking so long? I, I, I just worry that he's playing a waiting game to see what happens after the midterms. I know he's only got five members of staff, allegedly, as investigators, so he's very, very limited in terms of manpower. But we know crimes were committed. And, and the idea that you know we can't have these trials outside of D.C. when 93% of the electorate voted for, for, for Biden and for Clinton is insane. So get, get these cases out of D.C., and let's see some action because crossfire hurricane has to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Well said. Do we want to jump to election wiz crypto? Yeah, we'll jump to election wizard. Uh, just real quick. Um, so Julia shared it with me. I'm also getting DMS. Uh, they're shadow banning our space. So people are trying to get in and they can't. So if you're not in the space or if you're in the space, don't leave. If people are outside and if they're DMing you or people are DMing me, they're saying they can't get in. Um, so what happens is you click on the space and then it goes blank. So so Twitter is not allowing people to come in, probably because we're all conservative. We have Dr. Gorka. The title has Dr. Gorka. It has President Trump. So this is not new to us. Right. We have a lot of times where our spaces get shadow banned. And it's happening right now. So if any of your friends are trying to get in, just tell them to click to keep clicking, keep trying. Um, you know, we're going to break 600 people. And I know there's another 500 to 1,000 because I'm getting massive DMs of people trying to get in. So um, just a heads up there, guys. Yeah, so I just want to make everyone aware that um, it happens all the time to us, unfortunately. They shadow ban us. But just keep clicking on it and eventually uh, – You'll get in. I've written to Twitter spaces about it, uh, but I, I think, to be quite honest, ever since I told them about us, it, it got worse. So um, they're like, oh, we got some conservatives over here that we can uh, that we can shadow ban. So, so he's um, aware and he's asking for less censorship. So <laughs> right. We'll, we'll give so. Right. So I'm trying to get as many people as I can in. Um, so thanks, Julia. And OK, uh, here we go. Election wizard. And Dr. Gorka, it, it's it's the meeting of the minds. Here we go. Election. Wiz, are you there? Yeah, good evening. and Hello, Dr. Gorka. The one and only. Is this truly election wizard? How do I know it's election <laughs> I don't know. I, we'll I can it. confirm. <laughs> yes, it is. It yeah, is. Do a trick. <laughs> do a trick. <laughs> All right. So, so, Election Wizard, uh, while you're here, um, I, I was talking to you prior on DM. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, D- Dr. Gork was talking about it prior. Uh, thoughts on Liz Cheney and, and thoughts on eight, at, eight out of 10 um, GOP House members who have voted to impeach Trump are now out of office. Uh, what are your thoughts, bud? Well, I think it's pretty incredible. It's a great night. Uh, I'd say just a couple things. First of all, Let's not forget that now Donald J. Trump has ended the political dynasty of the Bushes, the McCains, uh, as well as the Clintons, and now, of course, uh, the Cheneys, which is an unbelievable defeat uh, for for the establishment. I think it sends a message to the establishment. I'm not sure that that they'll that it will be received, but I think it's pretty clear tonight that if you oppose Donald J. Trump in any significant way, uh, you have no real future in the Republican Party. Unless you're in a position of leadership, you might hang on. But outside of that, I think you're pretty much toast. Yeah, I think this is super important. I, I think um, I I'd literally I think uh, we had a Vulcan mind meld with, with, with Wizard there. 
Um, I tweeted out about 10 minutes ago that, that President Trump has now ended the, the political dynasties of the Clintons, um, the, the, the Cheneys, uh, and the Bushes. I forgot the McCains, so I just I, I retweeted and I quote tweeted that. But I think, look, I, I always try to catch myself not being too optimistic, too rose-tinted. But everything we've seen, it, it's now what? It's, it's, it's going to be 115 to, to, to 9 uh, th- this is a new party. This is exciting. We have to celebrate this. It is America first. It is MAGA. And that's not, you know, it's not because it's President Trump's party. It is a party that is truly representative of the people who, who empower those who, who, who win the election. So it, now it's just a question of time. We've got, we've got to get those leadership positions. We've got to put the pressure on, on McCarthy and, and on, on Mitch the Turtle. But yes, th- this has to be understood the way the wizard just described. It, that there is one direction for the party now, and it is America first. And I, as I was kind of popping in and out earlier, uh, Dr. Gorka, I, I could not agree with you more about the uh, push for people to get involved and to capture their offices and, and particularly the leadership of the party at the local level. Uh, it is so important. So many of those positions go unfilled from the precinct level to county chair and all the rest in the Republican Party. But you can have a tremendous impact uh, at the local level in helping to move the country towards a America first agenda. I think people see that now. We see we see great progress on the school boards, which is fantastic. In Washington, it's going to take time. I mean, it's just so entrenched, draining the swamp. Trump's plan that we saw put out uh, a month or so ago to you know, fire the, the 50,000 um, federal employees is, is fantastic. But all of that takes time. But in the interim, between now and 2024, we can make big progress at the local level and move the country in the right direction. It, it, I'm sorry. It, it is actually the key. That, that, that is the key. The, the, you know, the, the big state elections and Cheney is exciting. It's, but we win when we take control locally. So it's the most important thing. Guys, everyone listening, everyone listening has a role to play. If my wife, who detests politics, can do it, guess what? So can you. All right, Julia, uh, we'll kick it back to you. Uh, and well, I think uh, you said it was Bricksuit, right? Um, yes, I believe Bricksuit was next. All right. So the so 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 the infamous wizard followed by Bricksuit. Great Doesn't night. get any better than this. Good lineup, guys. I know. Yes. I know. This is this is like a space made for TV. Shame on Twitter for you know shadow banning it. Throttling their throttling their a their a listers tonight. I know. Yeah. Well, I, I want to start off by saying this is a recorded space, and I, I did hear Dr. Gorka's uh, comments about being public and maybe being behind an avatar. And just because my my account, Brick Suit, does not list my real name, I did want to state for the record that it is Blake Marnell, and that I am a resident of California, sadly. But doing what I can, when I can, to fight for President Trump's America First policies and vision. And with that in mind, Dr. Gorka, I've been very privileged to be able to spend a lot of time in Arizona over the last few, actually over the last year, since first being at the Turning Point event where Carrie Lake was introduced to President Trump for the first time, to thunderous applause, a, a night that I think is equally memorable for how one of the current state officials at that time, Michelle Agenti-Rita, was just booed off the stage. But I would like to ask you, 
it, it, what you're talking about, people getting involved locally, how encouraged are you by the success of the Trump PAC candidates in Arizona, Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, uh, Mark Finchin, Abe Hamada, and others? And, and how well do you think that that success is going to translate in showing other states the way that they can take back control for themselves? Oh, and, and no, I, Brickstreet, I mean, you, you don't have to make any excuses, especially, you know, your, your social media. You're out there everywhere. I just want to know what status you have on frequent flyer, flyers because uh, you, 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 I don't think there's a, a rally, a significant Trump rally that I haven't seen you at. Uh, yeah, I think I think Arizona is a model. I think we have to understand that there's two things happen. There's two, there's the there's the the the, the fake model of how we win, and then there's a the real model. And far too many people are reading into the Yunkin uh, victory in, in Virginia. That's what we need: a, a really polished guy with a nice hairdo, who's who's not too aggressive, has no mean tweets. That's how we win. Vice, the really authentic carry lakes of the world, the people who are fighters. Because let me tell you, as a resident of the Commonwealth, there's only one reason that Glenn Youngkin won. And it wasn't because of Glenn Youngkin. It was because of Terry McAuliffe and the mama bears in Virginia who fought, fought, fought in Fairfax, in Loudoun, across the state for the children and for the education of our children to be free of left-wing ideology. When Terry McAuliffe made that slip up, you know, five days before the election, saying parents shouldn't have a say in what teachers teach in schools, that soundbite lost him the election. Youngkin had run a really milquetoast, boring campaign on getting Virginia back to work and opening up the economy. However, he realized that to win, he had to embrace the culture war, embrace the, the mama bears, and they used that clip relentlessly, relentlessly for the last six days of the campaign. So, you know, the lessons from Arizona and Virginia is more robust, more leaning into it. That's what Americans want. American wa Americans want fighters, and that's what's going to win. And as a follow-up to that, I, I think that many Americans have no real idea about the true extent of powers that states have for themselves. Yes. Under, and they just don't know. And I think that they're about to get woken up to it by the things that Carrie Lake has in, in store for the state of Arizona, the things that she wants to do. I mean, getting the, the border wall built again and just daring the administration to come after her, I think... That takes some BDE on her part, to, to borrow a phrase from her. And I, I, I'm just looking forward to it so much and cannot wait. And what, do you, what do you see in terms of, in the future, conservative states, especially ones that have control of the governor and both houses of the state legislature, how do you see that translating into those states taking back power for themselves as well? Yeah, this is this, somebody needs to, to to give some visibility to this topic. So you know, uh, I I work with the guys of American Greatness. I love the Federalist. You know, somebody at Blaze or, or one of these places, Breitbart, needs to do a, a piece where we explain why why we're a republic, why the founding fathers wanted to make Washington irrelevant, why gridlock was a good thing, and why, you know, D.C. was supposed to be completely irrelevant apart from interstate trade and, and going to war. The power of the states is going to be crucial, and, and not just the border states. We have so many statutes on the books, you know, it, it, that can be used against the sedition, the deep state. And also, here's another thing where, where the states come in. 
there's only one real way to, to, to affect the, the, uh, a victory of the deep state very, very rapidly. And that's to move the departments from D.C. to real America. Uh, we, we need to, you know, if we can't get rid of the EPA and the Department of Education on, on day one, we move it to Poughkeepsie. We move it to South Dakota. Why? Because the overfat, you know, the overpaid fat bureaucrats in D.C. will not go and live in South Dakota or Montana. Real Americans will be able to man those departments at a much smaller cost to the American people with a much smaller staff. And the deep state will just take their pension. So, you know, the states as as a, a part of, of the salvation of America is a story that has yet to be written. Well, I, I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be excellent. Uh, Brick, before we go to the next hand, I was just a little confused. So I was hoping you could follow up. Um, you are talking about Carrie Lake with, with BDE. I don't know what that stands for, buddy. People tell me it's big, <laughs> big, uh, there's a governor in, well, you know, um, <laughs> Big deplorable energy. Okay. Think about, uh, think about okay. Richard Nixon. Think about Richard Nixon's uh, kind of uh, nickname. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's it. it you know, at, I was there live in the fir- in the front row at the event where she said it. <laughs> okay. and I, at first, I couldn't believe it, and then I could totally believe it. Yeah, that, there, that was there great. Were as people next to me were googling it, and then. <laughs> Slowly dawning upon those of uh, you know a certain age demographic, and yes. it was very, very, it's very apt. It really is. Have, have the energy to get change done. Have the conviction to take the difficult path because it's the correct one. Right, that's awesome, uh, Brick. Before we go to the next hand, uh, any more follow up, bud? No, maybe maybe one, a quick one. Sure. Um, because of uh, recent Supreme Court decisions, I, I think we're going to see a lot of Americans having a chance for constitutional carry in their states. And I'm just wondering, Dr. G, if you could maybe tell us some of your, your favorite um, your favorite concealed carry companions or, or constitutional carry companions. <laughs> How long have you got? Um, I was listening to a, a podcast. I think, it's, I think it's, it's incredible. I think it's like 25 states of the union have constitutional carry now. And, and let's uh, remember the, uh, the recent mall shooter who, who downed that mass shooter. Um, what was his name? Um, Eli. So that kid, that 22-year kid, a 22-year-old kid who downed a guy with 10 shots, eight of which hit the target at, at, at 40 feet, that, that kid was constitutionally carrying concealed uh, in a state that recently went constitutional carry, but in a shopping mall that was a gun-free zone. So that, let's just you know file that one away. Um, I, I'm a big gun guy. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm I, you know it, it's a huge passion of mine. I have a two medical conditions. I can't go past the bookstore without buying a book, or, or going past a gun store without buying a gun. Uh, my my carry every day is a car nine. Um, in an ankle rig, or if it's a more serious threat environment, I, I'm, I, I'm a huge fan of the 10 millimeter. So I have a, a, a customized Robar Glock 29 and a full size Glock 20. Uh, ten, ten, 10 is is I love the 1911, the high power I used in the British Army. So, but if I have to choose, it's it's 10 mil all the way. Excellent, thank you. I'll I'll, I'll yield the floor to all the other people who have some questions tonight. Thanks. Great to see you, Brick Suit. And uh, Julia, back to you. All right. On with the queue. We've got um, Eric and then Michael Dean. You're on deck. 
So go ahead, Eric. Sebastian Gorka, the good doctor. It is an honor and a privilege to be speaking with you tonight. I wanted to say that first and foremost. Second of all, can I get a hallelujah? Ding dong. Liz Cheney is gone. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you. Now, Dr. Gorka, when you were working with President Trump, at any point throughout the time, did you notice some of the interaction with people in his cabinet? Like, were they the type of people that had his back, didn't have his back? It seems like some of the people in what he calls the swamp or the deep state, which we're slowly starting to see become fully exposed, I might add, it sounds like even before he came down that escalator, there was a time where they all used to kiss his rear end for money for endorsement. But then the minute he did what many thought was unthinkable, they we all know they turned on him. So I guess what I want to ask you first is, did you notice any odd behavior behavior with certain staffers or members of the cabinet? Well, that's a kind of weird question. I mean, what, what do you mean by odd? I mean, you can read my what? books. And I, I, look, he, he was surrounded by people who wanted to sabotage him. I mean, from, from Mad Dog Mattis to, to, you know, the Marine Corps legend. And this breaks my heart because I served for two and a half years on the faculty at Quantico. You know, John Kelly, who, John, John Kelly, you know, who, who, and I can talk about this openly because he, he's, he's mentioned it on, on, on Fox News, who when Corey Lewandowski, a friend of the president's, who, who John Kelly hated and didn't want him coming into the building, when John Kelly found Corey in the West Wing, he grabbed him by the lapels, so slammed him against the wall, he ripped the button off, off Corey's jacket, and he said to Corey Lewandowski, don't you effing come into my building without my permission. My building. So, you know, I, I don't want to waste people's time. You know, read my books, but but the, the stories are legion of people at the highest level, from chief of staff to cabinet members, who hated President Trump and were there to sabotage him. It's not just, you know, fat, sad cases like Alexander Vindman. It's, it's, it's real powerful people who wanted to, to undermine the will of the American people. All right. We've got Michael D. next, and then Liberty Mom, you're on deck. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you so much, sir, for your time. Um, I have a question, uh, actually, to an, you know, a question and a follow-up. So my first question is, could you explain with your kind of historical knowledge and stuff, um, this effect of what we call open border or mass migration has on the effects of our, you know, country, you know, obviously economically, but also as far as the voter blocks and how it diminishes existing voter blocks that uh, stand. Then I have a follow up. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any any you know secret knowledge about about that. I mean, the the Democrats have have been openly praising this concept for at least 20 years on the pages of the Atlantic and, and, and Daily Beast and the New York Times that they, they, they you know the, the browning of America as they call it they, they don't liberals don't have babies the, the, the reproduction rate of 2.1 per, per couple is even lower for Democrat voters so they're not they're not creating the next generation of voters which means they have to generate a constituency somewhere so their very simplistic thinking is 
open the border, let in 40, 50, 60 million uh, uh, people from the hemisphere, and then naturalize them, amnesty them, because as they think, brown people vote Democrat. So this is the ultimate form of bigotry, and they think this is how they can lock themselves in a permanent constituency. What the long-term effects are, I'm not a sociologist, but I will say one thing very, very interesting. With, with, a, with, with, historic events for the first time in 130 years in Texas, for example, you know, someone like Mayra Flores, a Republican winning a seat that the Democrats held in perpetuity, a woman who was born in Mexico is a legal immigrant, but who doesn't want Planned Parenthood clinics all over Hispanic neighborhoods, doesn't believe in the transgender insanity of the left. I'm not sure this strategy is as obvious as the Democrats think. The idea that if you've got slightly you know, darker skin tone, that means you're never going to vote Democrat. They may be in for a rude awakening. And I go back to what happened in, 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 in 2020. Uh, more Hispanic and black Americans voted for President Trump than any other incumbent Republican since the 1960s. So we know what the left is doing, but they may get a rude awakening. But but first things first, we've got to seal the border. Thank you so much, sir. Very well said. And my next question is, uh, we've talked about Cash, who I do believe is brilliant. Um, there's a lot of theories going around about this uh you know, the real purpose of this Mar-a-Lago raid. And I think it was Cash, along with many, are theorizing that it has a lot more to do with uh, Russiagate, which I think you mentioned, Crossfire Hurricane. And that's where I'm leaning. Could you speak to your opinions of the real purpose of this uh, raid? The, the purpose of the raid is to prevent President Trump from running. And uh, the secondary purpose is to intimidate 74 million Americans who voted for him and who uh, want to vote for him again. So th that is the strategic purpose, to, to take him out and to intimidate uh, everybody else who supports him. Uh, on top of that, and I, I, again, I can only quote what Cash told me on my show. We're going to get him back on my Newsmax show at the weekend. So, you know, we'll, we'll follow up there. But he very clearly intimated that the president had a standing declassification order, as is his power, uh, concerning the Russia hoax, and that the materials the FBI took uh, may in part be um, have been removed to cover up and reclassify those documents so people never know what really happened. I, I have no secondary source for that, but given that Cash Patel's senior appointments in the IC and what he's done so far, I tend to trust Cash. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Sure. Thanks, Michael. And um, guys, again, I'm moving people in and out of the boxes that we have here. Um, if I bring you up, though, please do toss your hand up. Otherwise, I'm moving you guys out and you're losing your spot in rotation. And we have a massive queue. So if you get moved into the speaker box, please toss your hand up because um, there are people that are coming up. Then you don't throw your hand up. I put you back down and you request again. So we're playing a game of back and forth. So, again, if you don't know how to do it at the bottom, you hit the heart on the far right. You put your hands up and easy peasy. And there we go. All right, Julia. Crypto, obviously, yes. you can move me down. Move me down if you need to, bud. No, no, we're fine. We're fine, Michael. I have more than enough room for the speakers. I just need speakers to put their hands up when they're here so I know that they want to talk. That's all. But thank you, Michael. Julia, all yours. All right. Liberty Mom is up next. And then Oki Vision, you're on deck. Thanks, Julia. And thanks, Crypto and Mark, for the space. I appreciate it. 
Um, it's always wonderful. And Dr. Gorka, it's fabulous to have this time with you. So thank you so much for taking the time and for all that you do. And your show is always so <clears throat> enlightening. I know we all appreciate it. So um, I first wanted to comment on what you were speaking to, which I think is really astute that the Democrats thought that they had um, the immigrant vote illegal or not. And I think that we're starting to show them that's not true. And I hope that we can come forward um, as this, the campaigning continues to maybe speak directly to them and say, hey, you're here, welcome. But we don't, you don't want to live in another country that mimics where you came from. So join us. We, we, you came to America for freedom and come to the conservatives because we're going to take you there. So I think that would be a good message to kind of hone. But my question is, is, you know, last time um, in Trump's first run, we had the media more on our side. We had the drudge report back then we, you know, and we, he was the king of social media. And now that they're, banned him and so many of us. I just got my account back about three months ago and lost 22,000 followers. Um, you know, what could be our strategy going forward? Because Twitter has even said they're going to silence more anything about the election. Um, and so I just wondered if there is, because the Democratic PACs have such a solid, I've been really studying this intently, they have such a solid base of um, community for targeted and lockstep messaging. So they have rooms and rooms and Zoom calls where they set out their hashtags, you know, Dem Voice One, Blue Crew, and they, they are just kind of in lockstep. And I wonder if, um, do we have any of those types of um, organizations or PACs or student groups that might think of doing something like that? And what what is the way that we're going to you know, aside from podcasts like this, and of course your show, Dr. Gorka, what will be our media strategy with so much um, kind of taken from us? Yeah, you, you might not like um, what I'm going to say, but social media is important. But, but you know, the most important thing in an election and, and even seasoned campaigners, uh, I remember, I think Mark Lotter said this on my show, who, who was um, deputy press secretary, the most valuable thing is peer-to-peer -peer and in person. You know, knocking on, knocking on a hundred doors uh, in your neighborhood is actually more important than the snazziest a TV ad. That, that's when, when you really engage with people. So I'm not making an excuse. I'm not saying social media is irrelevant. And I'm not saying that, you know, truth social is going to save us and rumble is going to save us. But the, the idea that, let, let me answer it this way. What happened in, in, in 2016? Uh, we know, I mean, the media, 95% of the media was in Hillary's back pocket. We, we know that she outspent us by 100%. Or, or the official figures, we know she spent at least $1.4 billion on her campaign. We only spent $700 million. Well, guess who won? We didn't win because we outspent her with, with fancy social media. We, we won because... Uh, earned media and because president trump just communicates this I, I know the comparison irks some people because they have such great appreciation for him but there's a great similarity between president trump and, and ronald reagan why because both of them for different reasons communicate emotionally and uh, this is the, the biggest problem with with ben shapiro's 
you know, the catchphrase that made him famous, the, the facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, okay, Ben, but feelings matter, and feelings matter a whole lot in elections. You can have, you know, the best slide deck from the Heritage Foundation or AI, and you can talk about the Laffer curve and how government income increases as you lower taxes. It doesn't matter. If you can't connect with the heart, with the soul of somebody, it doesn't matter. And that's that's not done with mean tweets. It's done when you go to a stadium, you announce you're coming, and 48 hours later, you've got 60,000 people in the stadium. Only President Trump can do that. So I, I'm not deflecting it. Well, I am in part because I, I'm not a media strategist. I'm a guy who has a, a microphone and does a radio show. My, 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 the strategy I'm interested in is, is national security. But, but for me, yes, they're going to throttle us. Yes, they're going to ban you for three months. But at the end of the day, what we do off social media is as important, if not more important than what we do in the media space. All right. Thanks so much, guys. We're, we've got Oki Vision up next, followed by Beatrice. You'll be on deck. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm from Central Jersey, just checking in. Uh, I, one thing, uh, you know, Sebastian Gorka said, and being in the Marine Corps, I always saw um, General Mattis almost as a mythological figure, so it really sucks. And then doing my own research, finding out his ties with China and everything like that, how deep the, sta- uh, the deep state goes. But I just wanted to say some stuff and then ask a question. Um, One thing is, if you guys saw, Trump put out right after the FBI raid uh, a promotional video. And on that video, there's a huge storm raining in the background. And if you guys Shazam the song, if you know what Shazam is, it will actually tell you the name of the song. And it's very interesting for people in the know of it. It's uh, WWG, pretty much where we go, when we go all. And I thought that's very interesting. And uh, Trump's also on True Social put a lot of stuff to that. And we're seeing this darkness to light where you're seeing a lot of these people in the rhino, um, you know, establishment Republican Party for so long that's hidden and being able to hide and act like they're they're for us that haven't been. And they're all being exposed in the sunlight right now, along with uh, a lot of other things where we're seeing these sweeping um, you know, changes in the party where Donald Trump is pretty much slowly taking over the Republican Party and turning it into his party for the people, by the people. And I don't think enough people see that when they're thinking this doom and gloom, be like, oh, Trump's going to be indicted. But I also think sometimes he's five steps ahead. And if you really, really pay attention and research him like I've been doing for about two years, you see that a lot of times he sets up the media to pretty much tell on themselves. And I wonder with this rate of the information, if he sets a precedent with the uh, passports being taken, now anybody is fair game to have their passports taken away um, it, later on, along with um, allowing discovery for evidence. So anything that was classified that comes out in court will now be available to the public for everybody to see. And um, Dr. Gorka, if you have any you know information or anything on that or anybody in the space, I would be really appreciate any inside knowledge or anything just you know in your time with uh president trump 
<laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't read in too much into the Shazam thing. That where we go one, where we go all kind of creeps me out because it's it's too Q adjacent for me, and, and QAnon is just you know a con. It's a grift. It's it's garbage. But but to your broader point, yeah, I mean one of the greatest powers he has because he he's a remarkable. The, the thing about the president uh, is. You know, he processes information at an amazing rate. He's a, he's a voracious reader. But, but more powerful than that is his instinctual reactions. I mean, he, re- he gets stuff at an instinctual level that's, 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 that's preternatural. And, and beyond that, he has this uh, uncanny capacity to uh, allow people who are bad just to reveal themselves i mean uh, and also to to do do jujitsu with their narrative i mean guys can we remember where the phrase fake news came from the phrase fake news came from the left to label people like us to label breitbart to label fox to label salem he just did a total 180 and today fake news you know makes makes the left-wing media cringe like, you know, the, the Wicked Witch of the West when you pour water on her. So th- these are the, th- this is the kind of skill he has, which is natural, and he's going to keep on doing it. So, yeah, he, he, he has some skills that I haven't seen in a politician in a long, long time. And, you know, that's, that is something you can't fake. All right. Beatrice, you're up next, and then Denise, you're on deck. Hi, good evening to all. Good evening, uh, Dr. Gorka. Um, checking in from California, and I like doing this uh, on a semi-regular basis because I hear and I see the conversation from across the country, and especially from red states, and um, and I know that California gets derided and kind of dismissed as a blue and a hopeless state. But being here on the ground, and I'm in Los Angeles, LA County, I want to I want to share a really quick an anecdote today. Um, today that happened to me, I went to a new cosmetic dentist that you know I, that I've been you know seeking, and I, today was my first visit um, with this doctor. I was in the consultation room with the doctor and her office manager, and in conversation, I try not to mention that if I don't have to that I'm running for Congress or anything, just because. Uh, I'm always like unsure what type of, you know, uh, climate I'm going to be in politically and it could get me in hot water. So in conversation, I dropped in. I said, well, you know, because I'm going to run for Congress in 2024. I'm going to rerun. And then um, and they said, oh, my gosh. So who what party are you on? And I got nervous because I'm like, oh, so this could totally backfire on me and they could like reject me as a patient or something. And. And I was a little bit insecure and they saw that. So they're like, okay, don't tell us what party you're in. Just tell us who you're going to support, who you're supporting for mayor of Los Angeles. Because there's a very, very important race right now for the mayor of LA. And it's Rick Caruso versus Karen Bass, who's a Congress member. And Rick Caruso is like a Donald Trump. He's a self-made billionaire. He's got all these real estate development projects. And he really does deeply care about the city enough to put his business aside and enter the race. Uh, for mayor of Los Angeles. He was a Republican all his life and just switched to Democrat. So when they asked me, who do you support for mayor? I said, well, Rick Caruso, they're like, okay, yes, okay, so we're safe. They were closet Republicans. And the the dentist is, um, she's a, like I, probably in her 30s, 40s. She's an, of Indian descent, 
the office manager is a white lady, myself, a Hispanic woman. And there we are three in this consultation room, kind of like scared to come out and kind of tiptoeing out first, like, uh, who are you voting for in this race? Because that's how scared we are here in Los Angeles to come out and say we're Republicans or we support this or, you know, Trump. So then inevitably the conversation went to what happened with Trump and what's happening with Trump. And I know that in a lot of these groups. Sorry, we can, have, can, can, I, we've been doing this for two hours now. Can, can we, uh, is there a question? I don't have a question. I just wanted to say that Trump has a lot of support here in California. Um, it, it It's a lot of closet support. You know, a lot of people are scared to come out and say it. But I think what the FBI did recently just strengthened his support. And a lot of people want him to run again for president people that didn't want him to run as i heard today at, at this place they're saying now i really hope he runs and i really hope he wins just because of what they did to him so i think that this backfired on on them greatly even here in a blue state thanks it sounds like you got a turkey gobbler yeah <laughs> yeah so um, so yeah so what happens so doc real quick what happens is mark um, it's kind of an ongoing joke. So we had a thing back in the space prior where there was a truck and obviously there's monkeys, right? Remember the whole Fauci monkey thing up in Jersey? Well, um, the monkey, you know, that, that, that whole <laughs> yeah, weird thing with the monkeys. I'm sorry, Pennsylvania. And Fauci then crashed in the turnpike. Uh, right. Question. But we eventually went to turkeys in favor of Benjamin Franklin, who wanted it as a national bird. <laughs> Right. So what happened, Dr. Gorka? It's a long is, well, story, Dr. Gorka. It's it is. And if you guys can shut up, I can tell it to him real quick. <laughs> the short story is, Dr. Gorka, when people talk too long, we play the monkey sound. However, the monkey sound doesn't work. The turkey sound usually works better. So for every, <laughs> so for everyone who's coming up and talking, if you hear the turkeys playing, that means wrap it up. And considering we have been going for over two hours and we still have a massive amount of hands, Mark, um, it's on you now. So so the turkeys are coming out. Okay. We're going to go to a semi-lightning round, which means um, come on, ask Dr. Gorky your question. You got about 60 seconds. Um, and then we're going to move on, guys. And, um, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I have no problem cutting you guys off in the middle of the speech or comment. I'm sorry, but. I want to make sure Dr. Gorka speaks to as many people tonight as possible. So with that being said, I'm done. Off we go. Denise is up, I think. Right, Julia? Denise is up? Yep. Denise okay, is cool. next. And Denise is Jim up. again is on deck. Okay. So Denise, the floor is yours, ma'am. Fabulous. We'll put the turkeys away. So great space. Really enjoying it. Uh, Dr. Gorka, here's my question for you. I'm a seventh generation American, black Republican since Obama's campaign. You mentioned the polls uh, regarding black Americans, which showed at Erickson's poll anyway, that up to 18% of black men voted for Trump and 9% of black women. Beautiful. You also mentioned feelings matter in elections. And one of the things that Donald Trump did was to call out the ways that black Americans were central to the building of America. He said more than your average liberal, including Obama, including Biden. So here is my question for you. I have noticed that many Black Americans are very much interested in reinvigorating the relationship with the Republican Party, but they feel devalued and disconnected from the party. And I think part of the reason is because Republicans don't speak to Black Americans in a way that demonstrates a mutual respect and value. Trump did that. And I think 
in addition to his addressing the border and other policy issues, right? I think his connection with the feelings and the value for Black Americans matter. So what are your thoughts about how we can intentionally on the right move forward to deeply connect with Black Americans and particularly multi-generational Black Americans like me who are multiple generations into the building of America? Yeah, it, it, the GOP doesn't do this at all because the GOP is afraid of them or just writes them off. They're, they're, you know, the the outreach to Black America from the GOP is is is, I wouldn't even use the word pathetic. That's that's far too kind. I think we have to meet them where they are. I, I would, I wouldn't even discuss race with with Black Americans. Although I mean, it's up to them to broach it with me. If I'm a white guy who wasn't even born here, if they want to talk about my culpability, let's have that discussion. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I want to walk into the barber shop. I was at a, a family wedding at the weekend in, in North Carolina. had an amazing time in a black barber shop getting a cutthroat shave. And I want to talk to the guy about how, you know, the, the business regulations are stifling his business, how he wants to expand into another store. And I want to talk about the big picture stuff, how, you know, the, the generational wealth has been impossible for black America to, to create for 60 years because of the great society and the Democrat policies that, that keep them on a political plantation. So, I, you know, I, I think I don't know. You tell me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think the discussion should be about race unless they want to make it about race. It should be about prosperity. It should be about getting forward, creating generational wealth and, and understanding who's keeping them down. Yeah, Doc, that's a great point. Um, guys, um, just want to give a shout out real quick to Scott Pressler, who's in our room. Uh, he often comes into our spaces and he's here. He's here almost really almost all of our spaces. He's amazing. He's doing such great work uh, getting people signed up for the GOP. So, Scott, absolute pleasure to see you. We, we, we need a lot more Scott Presslers in America. Yes, yes, we do. He's he's absolutely amazing. And I can't wait to hear more about him. Um, and with that being said, guys, um, Dr. Gorka does have to run soon, so I do apologize. Um, but we are going to have um, two more hands here. We're going to have uh, It's Jim again, and then we're going to have Diane. So I know I'm going to get a lot of DMs, and you guys were waiting. I apologize, and hopefully Dr. Gorka can come back again when he's when he has time and he's ready. I know he's very busy, but uh, we've been going out of two hours already, and I do have court in the morning. I know Dr. Korka has his show tomorrow. So um, we're going to go to the two more hands, Julia, and then um, we'll go to Dr. Gorka and Warrior for their closing statements because uh, there was something they wanted to talk about, and, and that will wrap up our space for tonight. So, um, sure. Julia, back to you for a couple hands. Okay, we've got it's Jim again and Diane. Go ahead, it's Jim again. Thank you, Julia. Um, crypto, a lawyer. Uh, thank you, yes, Julia, sir. and also Mark. Seriously, thank you. This has been an amazing room. I, I, I'm enjoying this immensely. Um, Dr. Gorka, uh, thank you for sharing your time with us as well. And I heard your, your previous story just moments ago or uh, uh, how you found spaces. And uh, I kind of found it the same way, uh, just stumbled upon it, but a little, a little or much before you have. But uh, Thank you for your presence to, uh, this evening. And um, um, I, I, I want to make this quick because I know there's other hands and uh, people want to, uh, you know, get to their lives, I guess. But Dr. Gorka, thank you for your presence again. And um, 
you are such an intelligent man, and we, we we thank you for everything you've done, and even even for tonight's presence. But so, my quick question is, I, and I have to be transparent. <laughs> I'm not American, and if I was, believe me, I'd be screaming up and down. I'd be uh, voting Trump and making sure everyone votes Trump. Uh, I wish I had. Uh, well, I do have uh, many friends in America, and they know where I stand. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say. As, as quickly as I can is is how do you feel about this uh, World Economic Forum and the WHO on the on the on transparency of what's happening within the world? They seem to have a lot more foothold on our government and our um, <laughs> the laugh. I guess I'm talking too long. I'm sorry, but. But like, wh- wh- how do you see that? Can 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 we break through? Does Trump understand the, the big part of all of this? Just this. I, this is like somebody I I, I like on on Twitter, um, who's a big anti-lockdown uh, activist. Put a photograph of President Trump shaking Karl Schwab's hand, saying, "Oh look, Trump as well." And I said, "Dude, don't be a cretin." Did you listen to the speech he gave at the WEF? Trump totally gets it. He crucified the WEF on their event platform. So don't worry about that. What's my big take on them? It's just an organized version of the elite. I mean, you don't have to look for, you know, super clandestine plans. These are the these are the rich communists. These are the people who think they can terraform the world. And they get to live on their private islands while you're eating, you know, soylent greens. So um, it's it's no surprise. These are just, you know, the, the rich, rich communists who want to have everything while you have nothing. It's no surprise and they don't hide it. And And the good news is President Trump gets it. All right, uh, we're going to head over to uh, Diane and then uh, BY. So, Diane, go ahead. Uh, thank you very much. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned Scott Pressler was here because I wanted to make a comment um, in relation to him uh, quickly before I ask my question. And that is, um, Dr. Gork, I agree 100% about com- getting involved in the community because I feel like we all kind of get out of our car, shut the garage door, and nobody really uh, pays attention to their to their neighbors anymore. Um, and we need to get back to being part of a community so we know what's going on. Um, and the part where Scott comes in is I went and saw him speak in Cincinnati, and he inspired me to go and go to training, and I uh, became a poll worker. And so um, I'll be at the, I missed this primary. I'm in Ohio, but I'll be at the general um, election as a poll worker. And hopefully after I do it a couple of times, I'll be able to move up to a supervisor um, and get involved that way. And it actually was really fun. I got to see people in my community and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I highly recommend it. And shout out to Scott for the inspiration there. Um, and my question is, and um, you mentioned earlier and, uh, uh, President Trump had said at one point, you know, I'll be back. And he said, you know, it could be sooner than you think. So um, I know you said that, yes, he's no, 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 Darn no. It. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Take off the tinfoil hat. It's constricting right. your blood flow. Okay. No, no, no. 2024. Okay. 2024. All right. Well, I was hoping you'd say something <laughs> Sorry, different, but Diane. okay. You heard it. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here. 
Um, BY, we'll go to you, and then we're going to wrap it up uh, with uh, Dr. Gork and Warrior. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say thanks for the shout-out for South Dakota. Earlier, I work here in an F5 tornado-proof building, and we are more than ready to house any federal agency, including <laughs> the new, very tiny Federal Bureau of Non-Political Investigation. Uh, I wrote you a limerick, which is no, one no, of the no, highest. Only to be outstripped by the tininess of the AF, a, ATF, which will be God, zero, God bless zero, you, sir. Zero, zero people. And that may tie into this final thing. I wrote a limerick for you, which is, of course, the, one of the highest art forms we have. There once was a patriot named Seb who came to our space on the web, championing America first and making leftist heads burst. With God and guns, our movement will never ebb. Thank you. Nicely done. I'm going to have to quote that tomorrow. Thank you, kind sir. Great job. Great job, <laughs> EY, that's as our, usual. Uh, that's, that's one of our pictures, Doctor. Yep, that's one of our guys. Yeah, that is well that. Done, yeah, that's one of the family up here from Two Feds and the Truth on our podcast. So, uh, Doctor, Cor- guys, do-, do us all a favor and don't give them that ego. All right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so Doc, uh, just just give you a heads up. So for our so for our for our podcast, Two Feds in the Truth, uh, which we do. Uh, so it's obviously me, Julia, Mark, Bricksuit's a part of that. By Michael and Johnny. So essentially, the two top rows that I have. But um, with that being said, um, we're going to go to Doctor Gorka and Warrior uh, for any closing comments. Oh, Michael, I'm sorry. Did you want to say something real quick? Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. Um, Doctor, thank you so much for your time. I was just wondering if you could give us a possible story at, at your, you know, what you think is a- appropriate. Uh, there's so many misconceptions about Trump, and I've heard some amazing stories. Would you mind giving us some type of story that might surprise people about Trump and your interactions? Yeah, his his um, he's an amazing one. So it was time to make good on his promise to Israel. So he convened a meeting of the NSC at at principles level. And he said, we're moving the embassy to Jerusalem and we're recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of the eternal state of Israel. Only three people in his whole cabinet supported him. Everybody else told him not to. At the meeting, Mad Dog Mattis, the poodle, actually said, this legend of the Marine Corps, Mad Dog, said, Mr. President, you can't do this. This will ignite World War Three in the Middle East, and I don't have enough Marines to protect our embassies. My boss, President Trump, looked at Mattis, the assembled cabinet, and he said, Jim, I'm doing this because I promised the American people. Secondly, I'm doing this because I promised our cousins, our friends, our allies in Israel. And thirdly, Jim, I'm doing this because it is the right thing to do. That's Donald Trump. I will say real quickly, sir, and that also led to six Middle East peace deals later. Yeah, it's something that we haven't seen since the, the rebirth of Israel in 1948. Uh, truly stunning. You know, and, uh, you know he, he, he's a unique, you know, they broke the mold when, uh, when God made him. 
Uh, he's got a certain style. You don't have to love it. But at the end of the day, it's results. Results matter. He made us safe. He made us prosperous. And he allowed us to be proud of the greatest nation on God's green earth again. And that's why we need him back. So, guys, it's up to us. If, um, if you want to know more, my website is sebgorka.com. I'm on every social media except YouTube. So uh, Seb Gorka, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com, Truth Social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Rumble, um, you name it. And if you're interested, the books that we've been talking about, the first one that got me into the White House was uh, Defeating Jihad. The second one that I released right after I left the administration is Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. And the new one that was really inspired by Andrew Breitbart uh, is The War for America's Soul. So uh, God bless all of you. Keep the faith. And remember, the greatest thing you can do is cleave to the truth. All right. Doctor, thank you so much uh, for being here tonight. We, we truly do appreciate it. And just real quick before you go, uh, do you and Warrior want to make any announcement or is that for another time, sir? Oh, no, no. We're, we're just follow us. Follow us okay. on Twitter and we'll be making an announcement. We're working on a, a brand new project uh, for, for general consumption that everybody's going to love. But awesome. uh, we'll be announcing it in a couple of months time. And thank you for remembering. That's very kind. No problem. Dr. Gorka, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Have a great night, sir. And hopefully we'll have you back on soon. God yeah, bless. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Good night, everyone.